Hello, my little sluts and darlings. Mamma Andy here. Now, I know you're used to starting every episode with the dulcet tones of Ma'am Corinne, but I wanted to come on here before the episode started to let you know that there was some stuff happening in the background of this one. We unfortunately experienced some file loss and degradation in regards to quality. You might pick up on some of that during the episode. Every attempt has been made to fix it, but I can't guarantee that I got everything. Fortunately, we here at Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am do not believe in lost episodes. So despite everything this episode went through, we hope you enjoy. Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am is a podcast that discusses sex, intimate and sexual situations, sexualized anatomy, alcohol, and substance use. Naughty language will be used. We recommend listeners be 18 or older, as some content will not be suitable for younger listeners. Individual episodes may contain additional content warnings. Please refer to these at the start of each episode to keep yourself safe. Most importantly, have fun and enjoy. Welcome to Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am, the smuttiest, sluttiest podcast this side of literary analysis. I'm Corinne, and I'm here because I thought it was a good idea to produce this show, and I'm not really sure about that anymore, but we're still here. I studied media and literature in college, and uh, it, it's brought me where I am today. Why are you here, Roxy? <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, first off, hi, I'm Roxy. I'm a mental health professional who likes smut, whatever. But it gives me a certain type of joy seeing Corinne be the exasperated one. <laughs> For once, it gives me such joy as she... You've broken me, finally. Finally! <laughs> as she... As she finally yields the harvest of her ill-begotten seed, and she learns what she has cultivated today. It gives me joy. Seed, you say? Yes, seed, indeed! <laughs> yeah, All hi. about that seed I've cultivated. Do you know about that? Don't hmm? flip it around on me! This is my time! Don't, don't you be a nasty, no. <laughs> Let me enjoy my vindication. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, Andy, who are you? Why are you here? Hi. I'm Andy. I definitely just didn't choke on a chicken nugget laughing at Roxy. Um... <laughs> you would have wanted to go. <laughs> How would you even put that on a death certificate? <laughs> Died be a chicken nugget. Um, I'm Andy, also known as Super Andiness. I am here on this lovely podcast on this lovely Sunday um, because I have been ingratiated into fandom culture longer than is appropriate for me to be ingratiated in fandom culture. It is concerning. Is it though? Yeah. Yeah, is it? Yeah. It yeah. is. Speaking of, though, who else is here but a special guest, ma'am? <gasps> Sweeta. How Why are you here? Who are you? What do you do? I know. Wow. You were starting off with the big deal questions, huh? Didn't even, like, ease me into it. Man. No, I'll never ease into anything. <laughs> uh, don't I know it. Don't <laughs> I know it. That's the story of our friendship, quite frankly. Quite frankly. Yeah. Um, 
You, no, it it really was. I just, you, I, I think we met at a party, and I was just like, we're friends now. Yeah, <laughs> which is honestly, yeah. like, how that should always work. I would like to be, like, looked at, or, like, you know that story that roams on the internet where someone, like, walks in the room and they yell dibs? I would like that, but for friendship. <laughs> I don't want... I just, I dibs, sweetie. I saw her at a party. Was like, I saw mine. her first. <laughs> My friend. It's called being friends with people with ADHD. Oh, within, don't within put me on minutes, blast. Within five minutes, I know. And then you are like, I will die for you. We gotta stick together. We gotta stick together. I'll die for you. I'll kill for you. The things I would I do. might even live for you, Korean. Yeah. I'm not wow, on the job I right should. now. I'm not on the job right now. I am not the reporter for these mandations. I am not. Oh, poor. We never say anything concerning about our mental health here. Oh, the face. Oh, no. I'll save you. I'll save you, Roxy. I'll actually properly save introduce me. myself. Save me. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, hello, I'm Sweeta. Uh, I am a here because Rin was like, do you want to talk about romance novels? And I was like, a hundred percent. My credentials for this are I grew up on a diet of Bollywood and Disney, which made for a very interesting time growing up in the United States and understanding what romance is. Uh, I currently work at Riot Games as a UX designer, but prior to that, I was a freelance tabletop RPG print designer. So I've worked in a wide variety of games um, that designers will come to me and be like, hey, can we make this something that people will have a fun time playing when they print it out? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So I will send out a link for a couple of games, but just going to shout out some of my more recent games, although it's been years because, you know, time and the passage of time is weird. Um, So I most recently worked on a kickstarter anthology of queer romances called strange less strange loves and uh also a game called several miles from heaven which is by game designer sharon biswas it's a very cool game if you listen to the foreplay i will not uh repeat that here but i will definitely send that out for folks to go check out so yeah that is why i am here i'm here to talk about this incredibly fun book uh, Rin was like, you get to pick the book. And I was like, oh, it's on. <laughs> yes, we like to have our guests pick their own books. Uh, except for Tristan, we didn't give him the option to pick his own book because we knew what he wanted. We knew deep down that he needed Shrek. Uh, and we gave that to him. You so- did what? <laughs> yeah, uh, Tristan, bless his heart. The episode he was on was the, uh... The Shrek fan fiction turned novel, and uh, he hasn't been seen since. If you have any whereabouts for Tristan, let us know. We are we worried about, about him. him. His um, spouse misses him. <laughs> he was last reported wandering the swamps of Florida, muttering to himself, uh, and we're very concerned. But yeah, that was our last guest. You're going to do fine. You're going to do great. <laughs> You're going to do great. Don't worry you about it. You'll probably... You'll- I need to go listen to this. I should finish the sentence. I need to go listen to this. I want to be very clear. Tell that I need to leave here. You said this and now I have to go find it. I think it's one of our best, uh, like, while doing numbers wise episodes, which is hilarious because I broke my mind. (laughs) That that episode just, there's, 
before getting my swamp and after getting my swamp, and we were never the same. Never the same. Different podcasts. (laughs) So I I love Shrek, like as a universe, besides the fourth movie, whatever. Um, (laughs) I love Shrek. Okay, that hurt me. (laughs) I'm intrigued. I'm looking at your face, and it just like the curiosity. I understand that curiosity kills cats. But, like, I am willing to die for this. <laughs> I'm willing. And the satisfaction will bring you back. Oh, the satisfaction. <laughs> so, anyway, however, the book that we're covering today was actually delightful and didn't make me want to die inside, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> That's correct. It did not make us want to die inside. Today's book is Serving Pleasure by Alicia Rye. I'm going to read a little excerpt now, the summary for everybody. Hungry for touch. Raina Malik is over being her family's resident black sheep. She's on a mission. Ditch the casual hookups, revamp her bad girl image, and fall in love with a proper Mr. Right even her conservative mama can't find fault with. Not on the menu, the beautiful brooding Mr. Right now who lives next door and all the ways he whets her appetite. Starving for love, artist Micah Hale had it all, women, success, friends, and family, until his world changed in a single act of senseless violence. Now struggling to conceal his scars and get his life and career back on track, he knows he has nothing to offer a woman except his body. He's not looking for love, but he can't control his craving for the sexy bombshell voyeur he caught looking at him. Just one bite. Their attraction boils over and their defenses are stripped off along with their clothes. They promise they'll walk away if it gets too hot, but it's hard to do the right thing when being wrong feels so good. Content warnings for serving pleasure are as follows. Voyeurism. Nope. I got some water for this. Gotta lube up for the voyeurism. We gotta lube up for it. Yeah. What's meant to be remote? So, like, do you need it? Okay. Lube is always good. (laughs) No matter what. Content warnings for serving pleasure are as follows voyeurism, exhibitionism, light stalking, rough sex, under negotiated kink, possessiveness, PTSD, trauma induced disordered eating. Panic attacks, violence, slut shaming, mentions of parental death, emotional and verbal abuse from a parent, specifically a mother, the expectation of performative femininity, and mentions of Harry Potter written by J.K. Rowling. In case you're new to the show, we've all read this book, taken notes, and highlighted some of the spiciest sections. We'll be discussing the story and sexy bits, comparing it with romance and smut fiction, with similar themes, setting, tropes, etc., while enjoying the signature drink of the episode. Today's signature drink is the Queen of Chai. The full recipe for this cocktail and mocktail can be found in our Discord and on our social media, WBTYMPod, basically any place you look. Stick around until the very end for a tingling tingler, where we read a segment from National Treasure, Chuck Tingle. Now, ma'ams, first drink of the episode. Cheers. Cheers! I have to say I love one of my favorite things about signing on to this is you were very inclusive of, like, it does not have to be alcohol. Let's find a way to make it, like, a mocktail also. So thank you so much for that consideration. I, that warmed the black hole where my heart was supposed to go. You're very welcome. Um, Yeah, because 
I've always wanted uh, even people who don't drink to be able to enjoy the cocktail and mocktail the episode, which is why we do the mocktail version as well. Every drink we do, we always have a mocktail equivalent. Sometimes flavor profiles are a little bit different just because you can't nail it exactly the same way. But we're always going for the same vibe. Uh, no matter what, when we're providing both those drinks. It's something that, you know, I wanted to make sure that not everybody drinks and not everybody has to. There's nothing wrong with not drinking. We love it's a that. personal preference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm almost usually drinking the mocktail because I'm on SSRIs and they will make me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The vibe here is sweaty bear. <gasps> you remember? <laughs> encourage you to listen to the foreplay episode before this one uh the sweaty bear does get brought up quite frequently yes <laughs> it's very important that you know about the sweaty bear but we can't go into it here it's foreplay only foreplay talk. only let's get to the the down and dirty the, so- meat, the meat of it all the main course the potatoes the muffin as it were the, the muffin, muffin yes so folks this book is absolutely delightful this was such a fun read um but sweetie i want to ask you what what made you choose this one why did you decide to bring this uh to the mams yeah i it was really important to me to try to find a book with a desi protagonist so for folks who are unfamiliar with that term desi is uh colloquially like a term we use for folks who are from um this, from the South Asian continent, um, more likely or not, like folks from, from India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, that whole area. Uh, the literal translation is like of the country, fun fact. Uh, so that's why I use the term Desi. Um, but you'll also hear me interchangeably use it with South Asian as well to make that very specific. Um, so coming back to this, it was really important to me to try and find a protagonist who was Desi, you know, someone who was close would have like hopefully some of the same experiences that I have because you know growing up again the the diet of Disney and Bollywood on the Disney side of things not no one looked like me there was like yeah there was Pocahontas um who was the close equivalent but like it's more on you know indigenous culture um well as much as Disney covers that Anything anyway like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah this is fine as accurate as disney is about indigenous culture god wink 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 um but i really wanted to try and find that just because romance novels in particular have a very i guess standard set of protagonists and so i wanted to see what i could find and um shout out to can everybody. i interrupt for one moment yeah yeah I would like to say romance novels have a white woman problem. <laughs> Thank you for not making me say it. I didn't want to. I didn't want say to. It. Say it. Uh, that's why I cut in because I wanted to say if there's a white woman problem in romance novels. You, you can even say a Eurocentric beauty feature. Yes. Oh, which like. Yeah. Which has pervaded throughout the entire... Listen, we don't have time for this, but I will talk at length about how screwed up my childhood was because of European-centric beauty standards. Not the time and place for that. Um, Hashtag unfair and unlovely. But I... It was really important to try and find that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, I am the child of an immigrant. I am half Middle Eastern, half white, and we're gonna have some good talks today. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sip our drinks and we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Yes. There's so much to unpack. There's so much to unpack. But I will I will try and wrap up this prologue. Um, Yay. <laughs> So we looked for this and I found this novel because I was like, I needed it to be spicy, but there wasn't like, it was very like, oh, there's the very Regency approach, which like, I love Regency. I am a sucker for all versions of Pride and Prejudice, but that's not the vibe we were going for. We wanted down and dirty. And I found this and there's actually a, it's a series. There's a prequel to this novel, which um, I looked at and I was like, I do not want to be perceived for my first time on this podcast. So we will do the sequel. We will do the sequel. And that's how we ended up with this lovely novel. And I, I have to say, this novel was so beautifully done. It was, I feel like sometimes when you read a novel that sets place with like different cultures, sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy, but I feel like they fetishize instead of just have real normal people. They, whenever I hear the word exotic, I want, I just cringe. I just turn into like a crumpled sheet of paper and it makes me feel gross and nasty. And this book did such a beautiful job of just a girl who falls in love with a guy and isn't fetishized and just has real, genuine, valid experiences and just you did a good job. You did a very good job. Thank it you. It was an excellent book choice. I do want to say, basically, the only time the word exotic is mentioned is when her family is talking about how they want to design their restaurant because they want white people to think it is exotic enough to be interesting. It's more like performative culture, where it you're like, like you know, they're gonna, you know. This is yeah. who we really are, but this is what you expect of us. Yeah. Oh. You expect this of an Indian restaurant, so we're going to do it. The f- uh, and there was one thing her dad said, um, like, as in, like, a flashback, where he's like, do we put more elephants <laughs> on the walls? Listen, the <laughs> 5D. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> the 5D chess move of weaponizing that is just like, listen, that's what we have to do. In a capitalist society, you do what you gotta. And if the people yep. want elephants to get through the door, the people want elephants. And there's a whole, like, Indian restaurants as a whole are very interesting to me because it's very much like, how do you balance the traditional flavor profiles of india and like the south south asia as a whole and also like cater to the mainstream of like folks who may not be very familiar and like that yeah that's it's just so fascinating to me i was like good for you to take that expectation and be like even if this sucks we're gonna lean into it because that's money for us and they in a romance novel they didn't have to you know, they, they did such a good job. Because, like, I feel like sometimes when we read romance novels, it's just like, I want to read something kind of hot. I'm feeling a little bad. I'm going to read. It's not like I'm going to address complex cultural issues within this <laughs> cute little story, you know? Oh, my God. Um, there's so much. And there's things that, like, they did very well. And I want to give credit to that. There's things that I also was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, the things that they did well, I was like, great, A plus, 10 out of 10 would like, want to go investigate those things more. But it is a romance novel. And I was like, Oh, but what if we what if we just lore built a little bit more? Yeah, well, and there's always the romance novel trap of how much world do you build? Because 
some people are only there for the fucking. Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. And I, I love a well-built world. I love a well-built character. I'm, I'm there for there to be this wonderful fleshed out story with some fucking in it. Um, <laughs> so I'm one of those people where like, I want it to be built out. I want to be big and large and real and feel real. Um, which is why it's a, a lot of the books I've brought to this podcast have been kind of weird books, but they were books that it, it, it did something. <laughs> so speaking of books doing something, we start the scene with a romance, a romance novel that in my mind is like if you read a romance novel backwards. <laughs> we do not start with the dating. We do not start with the kisses. We start with our main protagonist. Watching a guy through her blinds. She is watching her neighbor. <laughs> oh, the faces in this Zoom call, folks. <laughs> we set the scene. Uh, we... Listen, <laughs> some of us are built different. I We're simply... not here to judge. We're not... <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Carry on. S- some of us spy on our neighbors through the blinds. You know? Some of us simply <laughs> would perish. And I Some of us hilarious. Just... It is hilarious that it is the femme character because usually in these books we read, the more like stalker voyeurs, the mask protagonists. Do you know? So it was absolutely hilarious. She's watching him through the blinds, and he's painting with his shirt off, and she's she's just there to watch the art. She's just <laughs> only the art. Define art. Define art. <laughs> De- <laughs> art, psyche. I said um, it. He is, he is drawing. <laughs> sketches of nude people and coitus <laughs> which can i just say like from an art perspective that's so normal like they described his art and i'm like oh yeah so this he he does art that like we all had to do in college like of nude it's like okay it's how you and, study anatomy yeah i'm yeah I'm drawing well, a naked woman and- right now <laughs> I knew you were drawing a naked woman right now, but I forgot, and then I was reminded. Um, So anyway, (laughs) she's watching the artwork happen, and suddenly a little different type of art starts occurring. Um, (laughs) With him, Dick. (laughs) Yes, as Andy so elegantly put it, he whips out his pee-pee, and... Yes, his his other uh, paintbrush. He whips it out, <laughs> and she's his underpants. No, no, she's just looking through the blinds, and she's like, "Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I should look away." And then gets closer to the window. Yeah. <laughs> she like gets down low and like, like peeks up through. Reina, <laughs> girl, just oh my god, Reina. Raina is probably one of my favorite protagonists we've ever had. Her inner monologue is hilarious, y'all. She, she's like, oh no, this is so bad. Sears harder. <laughs> <laughs> she was constantly calling herself out and then being like, but I'm going to do it anyway. Very I self-aware. Just, I just want to say, and I know this is like a, a stated known thing, that is bad kink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people. Do not pass go. Do not quite 200. No. Consensually, yes. 
Yeah. And later it does become consensual. Yes, yes. And I had a different set of questions with the consensual one, but yes, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. I did have a different set of questions there. Mainly, there's other people on the street. Exactly! Oh, oh, yeah. Exactly! You're gonna get caught in 4K! You're gonna get caught in 4K. Also, did you know that this book is set in somewhere Florida? Yeah, that's just so old snowbird down there going I, on their walker, getting some sun with their chihuahua, <laughs> and then they look out and they see these two masturbating across the street at each other. Oh my god! I, 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 aggressive competitive masturbation. It was insane. <laughs> that happens later on, folks. Buckle I, again, up. Yes, yes. I just want to see a suburb where two thirty-somethings can afford houses that isn't filled with a bunch of old farts everywhere. He's renting. In Florida. He's renting. Okay. He's renting. He also has money. But also, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My so. generation will never own homes. Move on. Anyway. <laughs> I've hey, been perceived. I just wanted to say, I'm in a home I own right now, bitches. Live that dream. Let's go. I love that. <laughs> I Dude, like that this I did is the aggressive. I'm a homeowner, homeowner, and I can tell people to get off my lawn. Except I don't really have a lawn. I have raised beds in the front of my house in the backyards where the lawn is. Uh, so if they're back the there, dream. they really shouldn't be back there. <laughs> so anyway, she's watching him paint both ways, and he starts <laughs> masturbating, and she watches, and that's how we start, folks. That's the first chapter. That's how we set things in this Aww. novel. Um, and to be clear, she has been watching him a lot. This is not the first time she's watching him. A year. A year. It was a month. Month. the whole year. It, it, says it, it, was, it was a year. It was a year. It says it in the book. She's been watching him for a year. Okay, okay. I didn't remember. I knew that it was months at least. He thought it was a month, yeah. and she was like, mm, I've been longer. watching you for months. <laughs> well, I, I would like know. to also <laughs> clarify that he, because he catches her watching him, he does this on purpose to see what she will do. Which is yeah. red flag behavior. I'm sorry. This whole is. is. Yeah, on a scale of one to five, like, the red flags are, like, bloodied. They're, like, yeah. truly they're, insane. They're These two people cock. were made for each other. Yeah. But if they weren't, this would be a calling the cops scenario for either person. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, <laughs> play Every Breath You Take by the police. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Stop it. So anyway, uh, we get her perspective in the first chapter. And she's just like, this is so bad. I feel so good. And then we do find out that he's like, oh, she watched me again. <laughs> God. And we do find out it was consensual and we feel better about it a little. Um dubious. It was dubious. It, it was yeah, it, it's a whole it's yeah, a whole thing. It's a that, whole thing. Yeah. And there's various times where as there's a reason under negotiated kink is in the content warnings because like they do lots of things that are very under negotiated or not talked about and like they they have the consent of each other most of the time, but also like it, it's basically like they've only said yes or no and haven't talked about what they're doing. Yeah, it would. <laughs> and so it's it would almost fall under dubious, not for yeah. any like misactions of anyone, but just 
we didn't talk about this, but... Yeah, I'm yeah. There, there's a lot of not talking about things, but then in the moment just being like, yes or no. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. This, anyway, I do want to say, jumping ahead. in this first chapter, we hear the freaking funniest thing. Uh, she talks about how she's turning over a new leaf and she shouldn't be watching a guy like this and and she's a new person. But then she goes, but you know, I deserve a little treat. <laughs> you know i'll just fall off the wagon and then i'll get back off you know i'll just get back on it and it'll be fine and she calls him her muffin <laughs> she's oh. like you know i'll have i'll have you know veggies and i'll i'll have rice and drink water and do pilates but i'm allowed a muffin occasionally <laughs> and in my notes i have girl wants that banana nut muffin <laughs> <A -yo." laughs> uh. And this may just be like the harm that diet culture has done to my brain and body. Is a muffin a treat? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, really, like a cupcake or like you know, yeah, something decadent. It, yeah, like muffin. out of all the things to be her treat, she picked a muffin. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, good for you, girl, but not yeah, me. Muffins, muffins can be so healthy. Yeah. I've had so many healthy muffins, like. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand I kinda, that you I, I kind of like health food. Like, I kind of like it, but, like, I don't know. Like, I like the food I like, okay? I'm not yeah. shaming. I just was like, yeah. I'm that, oh, that's the truth. Yeah, like, cupcake. I feel like cupcake or brownie or cookie or, yeah. you know, like. My fat ass could never. <laughs> I, felt I felt that in my soul. I, I do want to also, I want to add to that of, like, the layer of culture that's there as well of like even in as we describe Raina in the book like she's very much portrayed as like oh her boobs are just very big for her tiny frame but like food man especially for women in our culture is so toxic like on one yeah. hand it's like oh have you eaten today let me feed you and then like Immediate, that will have been like two seconds earlier. Someone would have said, "Like, wow, you've gained some weight," and like, and they're so blunt about it. They're oh. so you out of pocket, out of nowhere. Um, you're expected to have the frame of a bird, but eat every single plate someone brings to you, it's which is so wild. It's absolutely wild. So, like, the fact that, and like, you see, this is a recurring theme through the bo book of like characters' relationship with food in here is yeah. so nuanced and messy and like full of trauma and there's a lot to unpack there but i yeah it is very deeply funny of like oh this is this is my muffin and then i'll go back and do it's like really really are you are you like as a third party audience third party audience member who knows it's just like mm, you, you you're kidding yourself but we'll get there yeah yeah, you're lying to yourself right now. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. What so, a mess. Um, and I do want to say, I want to give a, a heads up. Uh, I did mention uh, in the content warnings that um, trauma-induced um, uh, disordered eating is a content warning here. Um, food does play a big part in this book. So if you do any problems with food, may not be the episode for you just because 
food is really important to these characters in various ways. Um, for Reyna's family, it's very much food is a staple, food is a comfort, food is their work um, and their life very much. And then for uh, our male protagonist, Micah, uh, he actually uh, doesn't really eat much um, due to some trauma that he experienced. He basically lost his appetite and survives on protein shakes up until Reyna enters in his life and is like, you don't eat? Let me feed you. <laughs> Which is just the most, like, listen, that's just the most... <laughs> Daisy thing of like, oh, food is a love language. If if I can feed you, I will feel like a sense of satisfaction. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> on points. Oh, I immediately just remembered. Um, oh, uh, so I I won't say names, but uh, a friend of uh. Jess, somebody that's both sweet and I know. I was at her parents' house, also like a Desi family, and like as soon as you walk in the door, it is like, are you hungry? Would you like food? Oh, you're leaving? Here's some food to go. And I was like, I do, what is going on here? That's that's <laughs> this is so much food. You will never, <laughs> if you leave a South Asian home, yeah. any kind of if any kind of not even like like you have to be rolling food coma rolling we consider that we have failed a little bit we take yeah. it personally a little bit i feel like the only reason your parents haven't shoved food at me is because i've only really really been over at their place for parties yeah so like there's already been so much food but so i like, planned the party and therefore there's and, food for an army yeah you you already gave me all the food exactly <laughs> so your parents aren't giving me more because you already did it you already fulfilled the obligation yes 100%, 100%. <laughs> we can get more into this later yes. and like i just want to say and i'm gonna say like a no duh thing first of all racism is stupid i <laughs> yes i'm not i'm not gonna lie about it i come from i mean i'm i live in southern missouri i do not come from the good guys of any anything okay i'm not i'm not descendant from the good guys okay but that's so southern also i'm sitting here <laughs> like yeah that's just like my granny's house she's like it, that the exact thing that you've described i'm like why why were they like oh my god we're all so different it's like we are but we are like we should you know what i mean i'm just i'm sitting here like what the there's fuck? so many so cultures where food is yeah. a love language yeah. and it's funny i you think bring that up oh go ahead go ahead oh no i was just gonna say yeah like it's it is a great um, uniter of uh, food being a love language for so many different cultures. Something that helped my dad a lot when he, because my mom is from the South. They met in, uh, they met in Alabama. Okay. Um, and my dad did encounter a lot of, just a lot of shit. You know, we don't, we don't have time for it. Uh, Alabama in the eighties was an absolute beast of a place um for a young middle eastern guy who was dating a white woman um however he connected with my grandparents uh on the white side of my family through cooking through shared food and culture and there are some very interesting ties uh because excuse me while i pull out my psychology degrees uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of gesturing like, to your yes, diplomas yes. so there are things called collectivistic and individualistic cultures okay and collectivistic is more like your uh south asian your middle eastern um very 
you are a part of a family unit. You aren't on your own. Whatever you do reflects on that family. You can't just untangle yourself from it. Um, individualistic is more Western, more you make your own way, you form your own family, you, you get yourself further, and you start your own life, right? However, Southern culture in the United States is oddly a lot more collectivistic. So even though you do have, unfortunately, a lot of racism rooted in the South, it's so unfortunate because one, racism is bad, but two, their cultures have that collectivistic thread. And it's a very fascinating thing to get into psychologically. Uh, and I love that you bring that up, Andy, because Southern culture does have echoes of it. They do have echoes of collectivistic culture. Yes. It's really cool. And I, and, and I just want a blanket statement. Like, I, if I, I am coming at this from a lot of ignorance, I grew up in a lot of ignorance. I've done a lot to try to grow and be a better person. I, I preemptively apologize. Blanket. I'm, I'm sorry if I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm sorry. You okay. will not. You will not. I appreciate it, but also, like, you already came at it with such a great attitude in the first place. Like, that's how you learn, right? So that's one of the reasons I wanted to pick this book in the first place, too, is to talk about things that you don't necessarily get to talk about when your protagonist isn't from that background. And I would like to point out, this is a, this is a relationship between two people of color, which, yes. welcome to the Brotherhood of the Order of the Samosa. I'm stealing that sentence. <laughs> I'm stealing it. Yes, I belong oh, to the Order so of the Samosa. That is the most <laughs> true thing. I think I read that in like a review somewhere and I was like, I have to read this book um, from that line specifically. <laughs> this book is so funny, everybody. It, so it is. This book is hilarious. Yes. Oh, yeah. they're very funny. Like, she's so funny. And I loved that. Yeah. Like, I got to see a little bit of that because like. You, get, you see people portrayed in a very specific way, especially in media of like, oh, they're so like, they see people that means they're very smart. They're a certain way. And she's like, I'm a mess and I'm fucking hilarious. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's my girl. Um, and a lot of the story in this book is her trying not to be herself, but realizing that she likes who she is and doesn't want to be what is what is expected of her which like it's such a story of self-love when you get to the very end because both these characters needed to learn to love themselves the way they were and for Reina it's very much a story of she loved who she was but then she started to doubt it and so she backpedaled to try and impress people, to impress specifically her mother, who was always very judgmental for various reasons that I'm sure Sweeta can go into more. Um, we don't have time, but we don't have time. <laughs> I want to I get to the spice because that is, in fact, what we are here for. There's a whole other podcast episode where we like dive into all of the cultural nuance of this book because like um one of her sisters in who's the star of the prequel of this novel is in a relationship with two white men and is like I can no one can ever know no one can ever know for a multitude of reasons right so there's there's a lot to unpack in this book and I think one of the reasons this novel hits so hard for me personally was that it didn't shy away from it and that's like the value yeah. of true voice novels right of like you have a 
Mm-hmm. You have an author who's writing from her own um, experiences and really bringing that to life. And so that was another reason I wanted to pick this up of like the struggles that especially Daisy women have. You know, we talked about the content warnings and I like had a had a little moment of like, oh, God, what? This is not just an average Tuesday in the discord you're talking about this it's like no actually this is not okay and uh no one should ever do this to you oh uh so yeah this is as i said earlier very much a book backwards it starts with her perceiving him and we get a little bit into the way she thinks we learn a bit how like Sweeta said, she doesn't she doesn't like who she is. She's struggling. She's um she isn't what her her family wants her to be. She's dealing with a lot. And then we cut to Micah, <laughs> who is who is the main uh male protagonist and love interest. And he is I I loved him so much because Sometimes I feel like, like a lot of biracial kids, it's like, so what are you really? It's like, do you have time? Uh, <laughs> Cause he, he is uh Hawaiian, but he is also Jamaican and a bit Chinese and a bit Indian. Uh, he is just a lot of, well, and to be clear, his mom is Jamaican, yes. but grew up in the UK. Yes, exactly. So he was raised in the UK, but born in Hawaii. And as someone who is, Iranian Scots Irish, I, you know, the amalgamation of, of a person you can be is not all represented. That's so dope. It's, it's, you know, one of my friends growing up in Atlanta, uh, she was Ethiopian Korean, and I was like, you get me. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere you go somewhere, they're like, are you a little this? Are you a little that? But you're so pale. It's like, listen, we don't have time. Um, <laughs> But also, mind your business, David. <laughs> My brother's name is David. Mind your business, David. So, uh, Micah is a brooding asshole. He's just, he's just such a, he's, his inner dialogue is so sarcastic and witty, and I did love him very much as a character, but he's, he's got to stick up his butt. He's he needs nardish. therapy so bad. He yeah, needs, he doesn't he go so, to his therapy. He is so mean to himself. And, God, but he very much starts to have a crush on his neighbor. And he goes out one time, sees her giving a little chase peck to one of her dates a week she has decided to have to be a new person and try and have a committed relationship, which I find hilarious. Whoa. The date a week. <laughs> God. Yeah, she was doing a date a week... And they were supposed to be people who were, like, presentable. People who, who she could bring home to her family. The doctors, she, the lawyers, yeah. that cracked me up. <laughs> and she hated all of them. They were so boring. Or they would all do something, and she'd be like, wow. Listen, why wow. Why would you want crusty, week-old bread when there's a muffin next door? Exactly. <laughs> and as she's kissing this crusty piece of bread... She sees her muffin get in his car and drive off. She instantly ditches this guy. This, this, is, this is what made me love her. This is what made me. I'm sorry, I'm looking for a red flag. <laughs> this is what made me instantly have a rise. 
rise to the top as like ma- main protagonists we've had. I am fully flailing because the secondhand embarrassment is just so strong. <laughs> you yeah. suggested this one. Listen, buckle up, tamper oh. She follows him. She oh. gets in her car and poorly. follows him. Yeah. Poorly. So poorly. They always have a buffer him. car. It's fine. <laughs> She's angry at a buffer car when she gets one. Yeah, he's like, the stalking. New foreplay episode. Tune in next week. If anyway. you're going to do something, do it well. Anyway. <laughs> move on. That's why it's referred to as light stalking, because it's very badly done. Uh, mm, <laughs> so she mm, follows him. Mm. And she parallel perks behind where he walks in, and she sees he's walked into an art gallery. And she thinks, oh, I saw he was drawing earlier. Does he like art? Oh, is he going to a show? And then she's like, wait, what are you doing? You can't go in there. And then she's like, Fuck it, I'm gonna get my muffin. <laughs> she gets out of the car after half an hour. Still in her date dress, this very nice, like bright red mini, you know, dress ensemble. A dress to impress. Exactly. Or you know, <laughs> never mind. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna gonna... your face. <laughs> she opens the door and sees that an art exhibit is going on. And realizes he is the star of the show. These are all his paintings. And she thinks she's really slick about it. She's like, all right, I've popped in. Got my nosy on. I'm going to mosey out. And he bumps up against him. And he's like, hello, neighbor. (laughs) Sup, love mama. Let me whisper in your ear. I know that you yeah. know that I know. Yeah. And, and then she know. drops her glass of champagne and he catches it. She, he's basically <laughs> Which like... was smooth, I will say. That was very smooth. There were some scenes in this book that kind of almost reminded me of a movie from Bollywood. Because, like, there's a scene later on where he's standing in the rain. And there's a scene, like, where, where the dropping of the champagne and then the catching it. There's very, like, yeah. little moments where it's very cinematic and just I would love to see this translated onto the screen I would this would be a good story um minus some of the window shopping anyway (laughs) he basically sweet I'm so sorry it's fine I like I said at the top of the hour um I'm built different I would simply perish (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is it is very you will get such strong secondhand hand embarrassment because he's like, I was wondering how long you'd be in your car before you came in here. And it's like oh, he knows. Oh, oh he knew. Oh, what I he had know? to put it down. Oh, yeah. I fully put the book down. I had to, I had to shake it off. I was like, oh my god. Oh my god, I can't. I cannot. And yet Reyna is like, oh shit, he knows. Well now I have to pre- pretend like I knew he knew. <laughs> Be cool. Deception. <laughs> Roll for deception at disadvantage. <laughs> Fucking crit. Crit fail. But then it makes me wonder, wait, if he knew about that. And then we find out he knew about the watching too. <laughs> <laughs> he knew about everything. Sweetest like <laughs> cringing up on herself. <laughs> yeah. I am turning into like a full, like if I could, I would turn into a full shrimp for folks who do not have the pleasure of watching this 
uh, with video, I am like trying to crunch myself into like the tiniest cooked shrimp <laughs> from sh I'm cooking myself in <gasps> embarrassment. For her. Raina, my girl, my girl. What did you think? Did you think this would go well? What did you expect? And like, if this were anything but a romance novel, a hundred percent like a Criminal Minds episode. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God. If this were not a romance novel, or you know what? If this were another book we had read, this would have gone very differently. Imagine this in my cat's guide to online dating. Was this not? This would have gone my very cat's... differently. <laughs> You mean like the guy that showed up at his house? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we read a romance novel, but then it turned out to be more of an eldritch horror novel. So heads up if you listen to that episode. We noted. It's really, it's a really I get good very book. drunk. <laughs> um <laughs> so um he he basically knows and she knows that he knows, and it all comes it's, out to life it's at the, the psych beginning theme. of this book. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Which is, once again, this is a book in reverse because the big reveal happens. Chapter three. And, yeah. Like, chapter three. Is, yeah. You are not waiting for this they reveal. They truly get this down reveal. to business. They're like, forget yeah. it. There is no, like, watching you, watching me, watching you. No, 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 no. We're going to finish that off. I'm going to be a dumbass about this. <laughs> Sorry. And he says, if you want this to continue, I want you to leave and go home and take your clothes off and leave your door unlocked and wait for me and I'll be there after the show. And he specifically wants her like light to be on and her blinds to be open and that to be the sign for him. And... She fucking does it. <laughs> and then the he shows for the vagina goes up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. The clit signal. <laughs> oh, 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 found it. Good job, Micah. Here, let me just uh, get that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he goes to her house after the show, but then he gets nervous. Like, he's like, wait, what if this isn't really like, Cool. And so he knocks. <laughs> and then she comes to the door and she's like, I thought you were just going to walk in. And he's like, I was, but then I was like, what if that's a bad idea? There's, there's a trope <laughs> name. There's a trope name that I personally adore. Idiots to lovers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're pigeons. Pigeons. They're pigeons. They're pigeons. They're... So sweet. Uh, we we call them pigeons when they're idiots to uh, lovers. That current point in our very first episode. <laughs> oh, no, you both uh, heard Where we covered dragon queens. And yeah, it's when uh, love interests are being very dumb and they don't know what they're doing. Oh. Uh, and Corinne called it being a pigeon. Um, so Accurate. now, you know, because they can't find the bread. You put the bread in front of them and they're just <laughs> like, oh, do I have any food in front? Well, it's because their eyes are like on the side. Listen, pigeons were <laughs> pigeons were not built yeah, to be apex predators. A, a pigeon story isn't. Yeah. Which I saw a TikTok before this. Pigeons are actually beautiful, wonderful little birds, but they're pigeons. So the term is well. Stuck. And to be clear, we're not talking about homing pigeons. Oh yeah, or these like, are your New sort of York 
Park City pigeons. We're talking about sewer rat pigeons. City pigeons. Those unemployed pigeons. Yeah. Yeah. The pigeons that you looked at, you're like, why are the pigeons that are drained on society? The pigeons that don't look slick like other pigeons, where like their feathers are not all ruffled. They've been through some shit, and you're like, pigeon, what the fuck happened to you? What happened to you? There are there are many pigeon moments in this book. I have a brief segue i need to say it right now because of add i saw this pigeon once when i was in chicago that was so big that he looked like the godfather of pigeons <laughs> like you do remember animaniacs where they had the the godfather pigeon it was that pigeon i saw that pigeon in real life in chicago just strutting around oh but God. like really slow because he was way too big and I just, that pigeon has lived in my head for the rest, ever since I saw it. Gotta pay your respects to Big Tony. You gotta give him your breadcrumbs. Well, I can tell by the way you use your walk. I'm a woman's pigeon. No time to talk. No time to talk. So anyway. on the day of my daughter's breadcrumbs. So anyway, he's at her doorstep. He knocks, which is hilarious. Because this whole time he's been suave, mysterious. Painter man. <laughs> and then he shows up with no shoes on and knocks. Yeah. Man oh, is so sweetie. thirsty. Man is so... Th- Listen, we love a person who shows up and takes their shoes off. Man is so thirsty he didn't even have them on in the first place. <laughs> he, he walks across the street without his shoes on and then gets there and is like, I should knock. See... <laughs> I don't know if it's just the OCD, but I was like, he's going to put them nasty ass feet on her bed when they're fucking. <laughs> yeah. You show up with shoes. You don't show up pre-unshoed. Yeah. Oh, Defeats oh, the purpose. Does, he, does the pur- he show up missing a few things? Uh, they get to, yeah. to petting pretty hot and heavy. Uh, do not kiss straight to the genitals, folks. Um, the no no underpants zone. Yeah, the no no underpants zone. Yeah, yeah. The under yeah. And then they realize after getting really hot and heavy and exchanging first names, so good for them. At least they got they names. Realize they don't. They don't have a condom. No. They don't. They don't. I would like to point out. I would like to point out. Bless Reina for being like, no, we are not doing this without yes. a condom. I am not on birth control. Like, we are not going to do that. And they like, and it was actually discussed in the in the romance novels. A lot of romance novels will hand wave. Yeah, they'll be like, we're not even going to mention it. We're not going to talk about it. Pregnancy, accidental pregnancy, and STIs. They don't happen. They don't exist. But this book was like, no, if they don't have a condom and she's not on birth control, they're not getting and down and dirty. Michael wasn't rude about it. Yeah. He, yes. he was understanding. He was respectful. He was thirsty um, for other things. He was like, I yeah. am ready to go downtown at any time. <laughs> you cannot stop me if you don't want to. <laughs> this is also such a man written by a woman. Yes. Because yes. he's yeah. like, I love yeah. going down on women. And it's like, show me the man. <laughs> show me the man. <laughs> Who is this excited about? I'm showing you mine, but that's my life. Anyway. Pew, pew, pew. Good job, Belle. Thank you. Good Thank job. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, 
apology. Uh, not apologies. Uh, applause. Applause. Yeah. Yeah. applause. Applause. And applause. The other name for this podcast. Fabulous <laughs> applause. So she realizes, wait, I'm I'm the new improved version of me, but the old me was a slut. I know I've got condoms in my purses. Glorious. <laughs> so as a bitch that's had to find pads in purses when she's run out, I respect that. I res- the funniest so thing, smart. though, is he, she just starts bringing out purses, and he's like, is this a kink? Yes. <laughs> so, like, very nice brand, yeah. you know? Because yeah. uh, she's, she's very stereotypically femme. She loves makeup. She doesn't apologize yeah. for it. He she loves that. Purses. Yeah, you know? She's not the, like, type of pick-me main character who's like, I eat barbecue and wings and lip gloss. I resemble this. I resemble this remark. How dare you? Me too. (laughs) If you're like that, there's no shame in it. You're still femme as fuck. It's just when we shame others for liking femme things that it becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like lipstick and wings and barbecue. So anyway, (laughs) she finally finds a condom from one of these very frilly purses. And it's so funny. Um, just triumphantly holding it. Well, and she found two cards. Yeah, she found two. She found two. And, uh, I'm not gonna lie. This is one of the hottest scenes I've read. We've read some steamy stuff. Um, well, I can read a segment. Do you have a page number for me? Oh, no. Ooh, oh, uh, no, I got you. Let me got find you. it. Okay, okay. S- Sweetie, you get to see Corinne's superpower if you know this. <laughs> so, oh, I've, I've heard her. I've heard her read. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I've also, listen, you know what destroys that that hold? Like, the thing that helps me with my charisma saving throw? I've heard Corinne use customer service goblin voice. <laughs> yeah, she's heard my customer service voice. I did it. I did you it did. for you. Remember? You did, yeah. I did. Yeah, I was I on the, the episode of um, Sing Anyway, where you did yes, your customer yes. service voice for us. And oh, folks, it's 73 is video. when we start. 73. All right, perfect. We lose our shit. Yeah, because Roxy, I think you did your therapist voice and I did my teacher voice. I I did a little bit of therapist voice, but I didn't go too into it because I don't want to. It's the bottom of 73. All right. I just love that we had to very specifically, like the line of like, she was naked and all her parts were jiggling. Were these, are we like dummies? Do parts not jiggle regardless of body type like are there people out there whose money right, don't jiggle telling. jiggle it right, folds? <laughs> so so when he first sees her and i will let you read while, I, I, while you're looking this up when he first sees her he's like oh my god her breasts are like so jig and i'm like i literally sent these to a message i was like her breasts jiggle jiggly Does it like does it have like jelly physics? Does it like ripple? Like I don't understand. (laughs) In Jurassic Park where she's holding the jello. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have to mute for you reading this so I don't scream. Yeah, hard same, hard same. Okay, okay, hold on. Scream for us, Roxy. Oh, not without consent first. We didn't negotiate this. I'm gonna leave. (laughs) You're in your own house, bitch. I'm gonna leave. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. It's your job now, sweet. Look, I don't have the degrees to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, you need at least two degrees in in um, mental health to manage. I don't even have the one on one to deal with that. 
All right. <clears throat> she yanked out both condoms and checked them in the faint light from the closet. She pumped her fist. Got him. And looked, and look at that. Unexpired. Reina. She glanced up and her crowing died a quick death. While she'd been searching her bags, Micah had been removing his shirt. He faced her, his face set in intense lines, his cock so ready for her, it curved upwards towards his belly. The muscles in his biceps bunched as he clenched the comforter. He held the other hand out to her, palm up. His gaze dipped over her body, lingering between her legs, before rising to meet hers. Give me. Her hand shook as she dropped the condoms into his palm, their fingers brushing against each other. He threw one on the mattress and ripped the other open. He held the ring out to her. Put it on me. She clambered back on the bed, accepting the rubber from him. This wasn't her first rodeo, but she felt clumsy and uncertain as she grasped his cock with one hand. The snug latex seemed overly tight, hard to smooth over the fat tip of his cock. He moaned, and she looked up at him from under her lashes. Does it hurt? Yes, he gritted out, but not because of the condom. She finally managed to get the thing on him, and he wasted no time pushing her to her back and creating a space for himself between her spread legs. He placed his hand on her knee, his thumb stroking. This will be rough. I won't be able to help it. She wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a warning or a promise. Either way, I don't mind. What an understatement. She craved it rough, wild. She wanted him to fuck her like he'd die if he didn't. He angled her hips and he eased inside. They both gasped. Hers, a long, shuddery sigh, and his, a deep inhale of breath. He felt excessively thick. A pang of doubt assailed her as he pressed forward another inch, struggling to move even that much. Maybe she was too small and tender for this beast of a man. Fuck, he said out between his teeth. So tight. Well, yeah, because he was huge. So wet. Are you always this wet? She was wet, and the reminder of how much she wanted him made her relax. It was all for him. A result of the foreplay that had started months ago when she first spotted him. She ran her hands over his chest and around his neck drawing him down so his lips hovered over hers. They hadn't kissed, she realized. He licked her pussy like a starving man, but she hadn't felt his tongue in her mouth. If I said yes? His lashes fell and he drew away, creating an inch of space between their mouths. She hated that inch. I'd say, I don't know how I'll ever stop fucking you. Oh, they were sex words designed to arouse. She knew that, yet she couldn't stop the small flutter in her heart. No, this is only for you. No. Don't leave me. Abandonment issues. Oh, <laughs> so much. Yeah. Eat oh, those pussy. were sex words. <laughs> yeah, like, it made me think of like a Midwestern, like, oh, those were sex words. Oh, <laughs> those were oh, those were sex words. Do you want me to read that back? In the no, no, God, no, that. please stop. No. <laughs> Call me later. X-card. I want to hear it. X card. That's the X card right there. When I become your Midwestern aunt, that is the X card. (laughs) Look, look, there's just, there's just some things that can never be unheard. And I know that that will be one of them. Can you just just say pussy in that accent and I'll leave you alone? No, God, wait, 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 wait. I can't, I cannot. If I hear this, I will never be able to unhear this. Take, take the headphones off. Take the headphones off, sweetie. Oh, hey there. I see you're looking at a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you like it <laughs> i think it's a good one personally you're good it's all good 
fully did not put on the headphones almost because I saw Psyche's face and was like, no, that means it's not okay. It was over quickly. It was. Roxy I took just them off. was having a hard time. I took them off and I could still hear you through the headphones and I fully had to like chuck them further away from me. Just just know this is going to be on YouTube if you ever want to. If you ever want to hear the the sound that just came out of our producer's mouth, you can <laughs> it was a real wham bam thank you, ma'am, of uh, my talent. Matter of mailable. I don't know what you just said, but I'm not going to ask for a repeat. I'm afraid to ask. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm. I am not a coward. I will fully admit when I'm afraid. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> so fair are you afraid of me Steve? yeah a little bit yeah a little bit <laughs> listen i pulled the mic closer to explain exactly how afraid i am of you having played in your games uh having streamed with you on roll the roll like we mm, 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 i am yeah. a terrifying being and everybody loves me you're like your energy is like popcorn the minute before it <laughs> And, like, holding it in your hand. That's your energy. Like, you don't know when it's going to happen, but you know it's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know it's coming? So, anyway, they have sex, and she, god damn it, she she says this can't happen again. You're my muffin, I ate you, okay, goodbye. And he's like, good for me, I'm not looking for anything. So, fast forward. Before Um, we get into the fast forwarding, I just, I have to call it out. I have to. The trope of like, oh, well, I'm not going to fall in love with you. But like when the other person says, well, you can't fall in love with me. It's like, why not? I t- and I took that personally <laughs> because you said Just it first. Just watch me. Just as, watch listen, me. Listen, as someone who falls in love a little bit with like all of my friends, like I'm just that kind of person. Like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Sorry. Built different. Fall in love with your friends as a treat. Just a little, little treat. Just Give your bros a smooch. Just a little tweet. Just a little tweet for all my real friends. Just a little smooch for your bros, okay? Just a little kiss. A little kiss. It's fine. So anyway, we little... fast forward and we learn a little bit more. Roxy, I'm trying to keep us online. I try to. I try to keep us with the story. It's you... weird that I'm the producer and yet she's the one trying to. Keep we us have. Us you're we the have one so who many gets squirrels. me here on time. <laughs> I do get you here. And I get a lot of people other places. Hey, <laughs> Say less. So we learn about her family a little bit at the restaurant. And it's really cool, kind of like slice of life restaurant time. You know, it's it's a delightful book. I loved reading her interactions with the fellow staff. Um, I have to interject. I, oh, for yeah. the life of me, one of my complaints about this book is... She's so aggressively, generically Indian. She's generically Indian. And, like, I get it. But I feel like I've been blessed by media so recently that, like, leans into the very specific subculture that a person is from. So, like, we talk about Bolan Boli, which is a traditionally South Indian dish. But her last name is Malik, which is not South Indian at all. And I was just like... I was thinking Malik is such like a very non-specific name. Even I know that. I was like Malik. That is so it's like Smith or like yeah, Green like Smith. or like something very like Win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something yeah. so passively 
they see that I was like, mm, I wish my one complaint is like if you had picked, like if you just leaned into being South Indian, because like the even within the diaspora, there's just so much nuance specific to your subculture. Like I, as someone who is from the east side of India, so my family's from uh, a city called or a state called Orissa, which is like right by uh, Calcutta, Kolkata. And that's very different from like Bombay, excuse me, Mumbai, Mumbai in South South India and like up north to like Delhi and like that northern region. So typically when we think about Indian food, you're thinking about North Indian cuisine. So like it was just sorry, I had to get that out there because it was one of those things that I was like, I wanted it and I had hoped for it and I didn't get it. And I was a little sad. Anyway, it was like you were reading a book where it was like John Smith worked at his cheeseburger joint <laughs> wearing his cowboy hat. <laughs> and he made one specific dish that was very Texan, but his name is John Smith and we know nothing else. <laughs> Truly just like, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail us. No, that is so valid. No, no. Don't apologize. Yeah. Um, And that's such a good point to bring up, you know, like... It's like, come on, y'all. Come on. You're doing you're doing well. You're having her be her own person. You're going against the stereotype of, you know, like something that you learn very early on about her that I loved. I loved. But she didn't go to college. She was like, fuck it. Like, like mind blown. Right. Like the, a world in which I had told my dad I didn't go to want to go to college. Like, I can't even fathom especially saying that to him. Oh, my God. Truly would have been like in any other yes. world in reality. Again, the suspension of disbelief in any other reality or in a reality where your family gets therapy and breaks all the generational trauma. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, because you're a very different person. Like your path is going to be so different. Oh, absolutely mind-blowing. Yes, thank you and for calling that out. Yeah, and then there's the whole issue of, so I love how prevalent therapy is in this book because something I have encountered personally, I, I don't know about Indian American, you know, what y'all go through, but like with Middle Eastern American, a lot of us, our parents don't trust therapy. They they think of it as, what are you doing? Why are you talking about the family stuff? Why are you talking to the stranger? You don't know this person. So when I chose to become a therapist, now, all of my family comes to me <laughs> because I'm the only one they know, let alone trust a little. <laughs> and it's just, oh, I, I see you like waving your hand. Like, yeah, <laughs> we, like, it is. we will fully have a conversation. I feel like we're going to have hours long discussion about yeah, this. But, yeah, we're going to oh, have to. <laughs> oh, we're gonna. Oh, we're gonna. Because like the concept of therapy to them is, <sighs> is like, Kind of like how I talked about collectivistic cultures. You are your family. You represent your family. You consult your family when you do something. Who you who you choose to marry is a family. Like, well, what does he do? We need to know this person. You can't just, you know. And that's addressed a lot in this book. Yeah. Um, but like, especially when it comes to therapy, it's why would you bring us into this? Why would you do this to us? Not why are you getting therapy? It's why are you doing this to me? It's a, uh, it's a whole other episode. It's a whole other episode. I will briefly sprinkle in. This is something I've even experienced in my family on both sides, interestingly enough. So there are massive family secrets on both sides of my family because the Italian side is very much of the viewpoint of like, these are our secrets, don't air them. And then 
my mom's side, uh, my mom is from Kentucky or like her family is from Kentucky. And so it's very much the Southern, like, we keep our secrets. We're not telling them to other people. And so it's two groups of people who don't want to talk to therapists ever. <laughs> and so it's only my generation, like my cousins and I, who are like, no, but therapy's good though. We are not your therapists. Please stop using us as therapists. And we are not your therapists. We are your children and or, you know, so on and so forth. And you can get even further into it between <sighs> what is actual emotional narcissistic abuse versus cultural norms of how families interact and then having to break that down and having yeah. to come to terms and heal your own generational trauma when other people are saying this is how we've always done it, which is a whole yeah. other Oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I see your face. I'm so sorry. I will say, in in my family, there's this whole thing with my dad's side of the family um, of the firstborn son being hella important, can do no wrong, is ex but is expected to lead the family. It is this whole thing where if the first child is a daughter, they don't matter. It is the firstborn son because the son is the one expected to carry on the family name and do everything. So like the firstborn son can get away from get away with anything. They can do whatever they want as long as they act as a respectable son. Like as long as they do the son things that they're supposed to do, anything else totally fine. I had so many problems growing up because my older brother and my younger brother got away with everything. And yet I was the one who was expected to be responsible. And I'm like, yeah, for why am I any different? For <laughs> folks who showed up wanting a, a podcast episode about spicy <laughs> literature, I apologize. We turned this into. It's all about family. All, oh, God. Oh, no. Don't Vin Diesel this. Don't Vin Diesel, Diesel this. <laughs> Oh, we could. This is Fast and Furious. Oh, God. Always has been. Um, always has, always been. has so, been. I will say the sex is pretty Fast and Furious in this book. How dare, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? And, and to help Roxy, because yeah. she's like, I can I can see in her eyes, she's like, please. We have, we have, we have, a, dying we have a time limit. Um, we don't have enough time. There's, there's not a ton, I don't want to say there's not a ton of plot because there is, but it's a very like soft plot in that like we don't have to hit every beat. Like literally, we can talk about the first time they have sex, they continue having mind blowing sex, and then the ending. That's <laughs> kind of a lot of the the plot that occurs is character development yes. on the whole. Like there's not a whole lot going on outside of the character development. We have things happening because while this romance is occurring. Uh, Raina's family is opening up a second location and this second location it becomes a part of the plot more specifically because Raina wants to be able to take more control of it because she is the one who has run the business after their father died and she knows more about the market that they're moving into with the second location but she doesn't feel that her family sees her for who she is and that she knows what she's talking about because she's always been just seen as flighty Reyna or provocative Reyna or Reyna who is great with the customers but isn't great with the business but she knows what she's talking about she's she's done her homework and that is kind of the other side plot that's going on here and then we have the side plot of uh Micah and basically his recovery his growth him needing to realize that he should go to therapy that he is still 
incredibly traumatized by what happened to him, which we haven't actually covered yet. Oh, my God. Because it is kind of a, a late reveal. But uh, so spoilers ahead. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So. Micah, uh, do, do you want to go? No, Roxy? go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So Micah has a lot of hangups about um, making sure Reyna isn't dating anyone else when they're dating. Or not dating, fucking specifically. They're not dating, but he doesn't want her with anyone else. He doesn't like being seen without his shirt off if the lights are on. He um, is very, um, he has a very sparse house. He's recently moved from the UK to Florida to be away from his family. And all of these things, you're not really sure how they connect until you get a little bit more backstory. Because what happened to Micah is he had a friend who was one of his models. They had never slept together. They were not romantically involved. However, this friend had a jealous and violent boyfriend who, when he, she was modeling for him as a nude model, came and attacked Micah, leaving him for dead. This, um, ex, this boyfriend kidnapped his friend, left Micah for dead, and the only reason Micah survived is because his friend was able to escape and call the police and get help to Micah because he had been stabbed multiple times in the back as well as had his face cut. Um, and he dwells on it a lot that it felt, it feels so dumb now, like he feels ridiculous, but the thing that upset him the most in that moment was that his face got fucked up because he was he had a charmed life up until that point and suddenly he knew he would never look the same and that's like as he's dying um if i can interject here and yes I'm you can gonna be a little heavy and i apologize yes but it made it made him feel like even more of a real person because yeah. i went through a trauma when i was very young um and it involved like i had to go to the emergency room and um I ended up, I had burned scars. Okay, I still have them to this day. It's a whole thing. Uh, but I was so pissed. And all I could think about was the fact that I was wearing my granny shirt and they cut it off of me. And I was like, I, that's not my shirt. Why did you cut my shirt? And it's just funny the things that like you get. like The things you fixate on when when, when you're in that traumatic, yeah, yeah. that traumatic scenario. And it just felt very I, real. Yeah, it, it is. It is so real, especially, and I'm sure Roxy can speak to this more, the way that when you're in that traumatic situation, the brain kind of fixates on something trivial because it's what you can fixate on that isn't the horrible thing happening. So um, with this book, I do feel she did an amazing job portraying uh, PTSD in a character. She did an amazing job. I feel like we don't often talk about how the simple joys, the normal things that someone will go through suddenly become kind of tainted. And so we learn a little bit more about uh, Reyna and he actually decides to find her at her restaurant and he propositions her with, as Corinne said earlier, I want you to be my model. Let me draw you. Let's screw around. I have a condition. Don't date anyone while we're doing this. And she agrees. And the reason she discovers his food aversion and his bare living quarters is because she heads over for this drawing session because uh, he wants her to be his muse. And she brings him cinnamon rolls. 
she just brings him a nice little a nice little treat and he realizes because he he only really eats protein shakes he he realizes when's the last time i did this when's the last time i actually sat down and ate this but and we don't have time to go into this but something i am finding very frustrating and exhausting to navigate as a mental health professional is I feel like the only mental illness allowed for men is PTSD because it's seen yes. as a masculine mental illness and I do not have the time or caffeine to delve into why that is such a next issue. episode next episode later next episode, episode. <laughs> uh on how sometimes we get these mental illnesses gendered and like, oh, the tough guy can have PTSD because he went through it. And, you know, he can't have anxiety because that's not masculine. When, Come on, y'all. <laughs> Anyone can have this. Uh, but I will say she does a very good job portraying it. Uh, and it's not her fault. This is a very common trope among male love interests who do have some kind of uh, mental health issue to overcome and so they start up this one thing i want to add sorry oh go ahead go ahead there's something really beautiful about the parallels between micah and reyna of they both have in their heads this image of who they should be and it's it's different in that reyna's like oh i have to be new reyna who is this very specific way and for micah it's like oh i have to go back to the old micah and not really be this new Micah, but the way that they navigate it with like between with the with the two of them together and then as individuals is so fascinating that like they're on these parallel tracks. Um and like as even though we start out with this like sentence of like maybe we bring out the wrong in each other, but it's just so interesting of like the introspection that they both have because they've had this interaction with the other person on that journey that maybe helps them in the very end is just very, very well rendered. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like they're, they're both dealing with, they each had their own different event, of course, but it is very much a parallel track of who you used to be versus who you are now and who you really are. I, I love that. Yeah. And <clears throat> Excuse me. And it really is, I think, what makes this book work on on the level that it does, because it's not just about their relationship. It's about them growing as people and learning to accept who they are now or be who they need to be and not be who what is expected of them, because Micah's family expects him to be old Micah or they want him to be old Micah, the Micah before they were afraid he was going to die. And Raina's parents want her to be, or Raina's mom specifically, wants her to be a good daughter. A better yeah. daughter. A better, more feminine. They want her to be like her sisters. Less or wild. Less wild. Like they, they want her to be this idealized version of herself that isn't her at all. I want to, and I do want to challenge something a little bit though. I don't think Micah's yeah. parents want him to be his old self. I think they recognize that. He has gone through something yeah. and they're like trying to form this connection. I almost think Micah puts himself in that cage of I have to be old Micah eventually. And then the people around him are like, no, you know, we have moved on. Yeah, very fair. 
it, it is, it's more Micah putting that on himself. However, I would say that his parents are accidentally reinforcing okay. it. Well, because his mom is so afraid and his dad is trying to pretend like everything's normal. So like they have these two things where his mom is so afraid and his dad's trying to pretend everything's normal, which is accidentally reinforcing the thoughts that Micah has about himself. Okay. And which is why he left because he wanted to get that distance. Well, and I, and I will say it like, I, you know, I, I joke about my trauma and stuff, but like, I very much relate to Micah in this and that, you know, there's like, there was that one identifiable moment of trauma, right? And that is different than like the, the complex stuff and the, you know, abuse, like stuff like that. And having one of those horrible traumatic like moments, like I distinctly remember people just looking at me and starting to cry. Like I remember, and you even as a child and even as like a 20 something, like you are like, okay, I have to be something or someone where people won't look at me and just think of all the bad. Right. And so he is putting that pressure on himself and his parents are accidentally like trying to navigate that. But I know with my parents, there was very much that realization of, oh my God, we can't protect our children from everything. And that's hard. That's a hard yeah. lesson for parents. And I love that you bring that up because he says that the reason he moved away from England and he left his friends and his family to start over is because he was tired of people looking at him different. I, I love do. that you brought that up. And one of the things he says that he absolutely adores about Raina, she doesn't look at him like that. Mm -mm. She doesn't look at him with pity. She looks at him like he's himself. Uh, and that was a very beautiful and deep thing to hear from a trauma survivor, you know, and it's something that resonated with you as well. So, so obviously she did a good job writing this, you yeah. know? Um, um, and I will say that I do really relate to that as well. Cause I'm an, another person who had a moment in my childhood where my parents thought I could die. Um, I had various back surgeries. I had complications from back surgeries. I had a staph infection on my spine. Like I had a lot of shit happen before the age of 16 that instead of being one specific moment, it was kind of a drawn out series of events where my parents thought I could die between the ages of 13 and 16. And they just kind of had to accept that. And it definitely messed with our relationship and like I have really great life insurance now because of it but the fact that they had to take out all these extra they took out all these extra life insurance policies on me because they're like she might die now folks <laughs> she could if you want to hear a really good breakdown into something similar to this we cover this in our episode on a uh, second chance yes where we talk about the dynamics shifting between a parent and their child after a traumatic event occurs. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Corinne, that's a very good point of how those yeah. dynamics shift and change and you're looked at like you're breakable, you know? Uh, yeah, and you lose your sense of, um, you lose your own sense of being invincible mm -hmm. yeah. after something like yeah. that happens. Yeah. And I think that is very much something that Micah is going through here is he knows he's not invincible and so does everybody else. And his mom and, especially realizes it, yeah. which is a yeah. very hard thing. And she kind of forms an anxious attachment in that she constantly calls him. Constantly and is afraid worries. he's dead yes. and she doesn't hear from him. Yeah. Um, which, which yeah. Which is very normal. Uh, I slept on the couch yeah. for a year so that my parents could come make sure I was okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even after I was out of the trauma, 
But I, I definitely don't want to talk over anyone. Uh, booby booby penis, cock balls, <laughs> cock balls. Amen. Amen, I'm, sister. Booby I'm booby get, penis, indeed. I'm getting booby the, booby penis. Yes, rocking like, everywhere. Out yeah, of here, we so. we definitely there's a we lot. We need to talk about more boobs yes. and penises. Yeah, the big naturals. I'm of about trauma. to whip them out. No. <laughs> okay, all right, we're moving on in the story. So they they pull up this you know little contract of fucking happy time and painting time and she's like as long as you don't paint my face and he's like all right bet and as long as you don't fall in love with me as yeah, long as you yeah. Don't oh my god and they're just like oh go go sweetie go truly just clown shit behavior clown <laughs> behavior <laughs> who are you fooling who are you fooling is it you is it me maybe each other but not me i know <laughs> way to get someone to fall in love with you Tell him not, not to, to fall yeah. in love with you. It's like, all Wait, right, Andy, have you ever told us not to fall in love with you? Now she is. No, because I like a challenge. Hey. <laughs> God damn it. Andy, you knew I was always going to fall for you. Oh. You know there's actually fan fiction written about this podcast? There's yeah. official fan fiction? Yes. There is. Yeah. No. I'm just waiting for the day there's a Corinne Andy fic with me outside the window <laughs> sobbing. I'm messaging right now. I'm messaging right now. Don't write your own fanfic. No, I'm messaging our fanfic author. Shout out. Shout out to Cookie. Yeah. It's actually really great. I am. It is it. actually it's, very, it's well, very done. well done. Yeah. Yeah. I was very Shout proud. You did a good job. Yeah. So, uh, as Sweeta said, the don't fall in love with me scene happens. You know, that's basically when they're going to call it quits. Uh, whenever either of them develops feelings and they're both such... <laughs> Fucking twats that they believe in. <laughs> Come on. Twats. Twat shit. <laughs> so this, uh, this is the part of the book where... God damn it. Sweetie, I, are you gonna... You look like you're gonna send us to the principal's office. I'm scared. I will repeat myself. Clown behavior. No, I'm sorry. What was that? You. It was something different. Yeah. Clown shit. Clown shit behavior. How <laughs> there you dare go. You. There you go. I love that. I'm stupid. <laughs> As I roll my eyes dramatically, Bollywood style. <laughs> you need like five different transitions and like switching yeah. sounds. You know, I've seen, I've seen the mother-in-law walks in at the worst time. Oh God! Oh, oh, oh my God! She's not a normal person. The mother-in-law is evil for some reason. Speaking of, who walks in at the worst time? Raina's mom. That's later on. It was a perfect segue. It was a perfect segue. What do you mean? All right. In the middle of all this, they fuck and they have good, happy times together. This is not what this podcast signed up for. They were like, we didn't want, we didn't want to talk about generational trauma and mental health. Oh, well, I guess they do want to talk about mental health, but like not as deep as we've gotten it. They were like, we were here for like dicks and holes, friends. Wait, (laughs) listen. We have dicks and holes and trauma, okay? Yeah, that's true. Also, we're a not, we are a multi-purpose podcast. So not dicks and holes, which I fully, like, I I have never, I was like, okay, this is going well, this is going well, like cold ice bucket of water for one scene that I was like, oh, no, 
absolutely the fuck not. Um, but we will get there. We will get there, I think. Oh, no, we're over time. We'll see. So, so, we're, as we're they said, Raina's mother, who is constantly on her case, and she she very much is like, oh, you're turning over a new leaf. Oh, you're not going to be our wild child anymore. Opens the door. Has a key. I would never give my family a key. Do you know God, how long I fought? What? Do you know how long I fought? My parents were like, what do you mean? You will not give us a key. I was like, I am a grown woman. I'm in my 30s. Absolutely not. And they they could not fathom. Could not fathom it. And I was like, this for reasons like this. Not that like any of that is happening in my life. But it could, and when it does, I don't need that possibility. I fully will- You don't need the possibility of your mom walking in. <laughs> Which happens. Her mom opens the door. Oh, I thought you meant that that happens to you, and I fully was like, Roxy, I'm so sorry. Oh, you went in the book. <laughs> oh, no, I don't give keys out. Listen. No. and she states away. She's fine. I, listen, listen. Mama Starshine's not walking into anything. <laughs> Well, she's the white parent, you know? But my dad would. He doesn't get a key. It's, oh my God, truly. Truly? Anyway, different conversation. No, so, yeah, yeah. Different podcast. Uh, different podcast. Imagine, imagine the, like, Bollywood dramatic sounds, glass breaking. The transition opens the door. The transitions, you know? And what does she see but her daughter and Micah, who she's never met before? This is not one of the boys she's been recommending or setting her up on dates. This isn't a lawyer or a doctor or a man from a nice family. This is someone she doesn't know. Sees this is a scruffy artist. Long-haired <laughs> artist. And uh, her boobies are out. Yeah. Her trying to adjust yeah, her Not the dress. mom, but the, but the main protagonist, <laughs> boobies. Well, that's a different novel entirely. <laughs> <laughs> nope. This is what killed me. She says, who's this? You lie. You say you've been dating for years and you just don't know it. She goes, oh, this is my neighbor. <laughs> the truly, like, the critical failure of deception. Yeah. Uh, that one. Yeah, like, this entire scene could have been handled so much better by Reyna, but I love that it was so bad. <laughs> Just like, oh. I think this is very I, unrealistic. Fully, we have spent years, years being like, no, we're prepared for shit like this. Like you said, of like, we know exactly what to say. You're gonna play along. We, I have it cold with my friends. Shout out to my friends. And if somehow my parents are listening to this, oh God, we're never speaking about this ever again. <laughs> you never, you've never heard this, sweetest yes, parents. You've never heard this. But, like, I have it down cold with my friends of, like, in this scenario, this is the name of the game. If you say this, they will believe you. There's a literal hierarchy of people my parents will believe if they say something. And I have my story straight with all of them. All you have alibis. Of- you, you have the hierarchy. <laughs> I feel like no one can lie quite as well as children of immigrants. Oh, I, one- no one can lie as well. I knew a girl... Who had a different apartment. She was living with her boyfriend at his apartment. Had an apartment. She said she... You do what you gotta do. Listen. And she was, she was Korean. Uh, I'm not gonna say your name. I'm not gonna out you. But God, that was a good... 
That was a good move, girl. <laughs> you don't gotta get ready if you stay ready. And we stay exactly. ready because immigrant parents will pop up whenever they want. Whenever they want. Case in point, this book. It's not that unrealistic. Like, like you said, the unrealistic thing is she didn't have a better lie. <laughs> Well, and I think that very much comes down to Reyna's character because this entire time she's been trying to be, she's she's been learning how to be the the good daughter. She was always bad at it before. I don't. And she, she wasn't used to hiding it. And then she was trying to hide it and realized she didn't know how. Whereas her other sister, who was actively hiding a relationship with two men... <laughs> Listen, she had her story down. Listen, I this comes back down to a point I don't think we made of like Raina said something in her like that's her truth, right? She was like, I want happiness. I want to be happy like babies. Like her older sister, uh or yeah, yeah. sorry, her younger sister, the one who's in the prequel. Um I want that happiness. I don't want like the empty flings anymore. I want something real. But when she yeah. said it, her mom took it and put it in her vision of the world, which yeah. I, I'm sorry if this gets too real for folks, but that is very much a reality for a lot of immigrant, especially South Asian, like DC kids. Like, especially will, once you hit the 30s, it's like a crisis. It is. I fully, I am the Hindu patriarchy's nightmare. I am a single woman who makes a ton of money and has zero interest in becoming someone's wife or mother only because my identity would get erased. And I just want to make great video games. I am a nightmare. And fully, there are people who have seen me grow up from when I am a child, don't know how to interact with me now. The only thing they can ask me is like, oh, when will it be your turn? It is absolutely infuriating, like how you said your identity becomes about people who aren't you. Yeah. It it becomes about how what purpose you serve. And it's not so much as are you happy versus are you making the family happy? Exactly. And Raina's And that is actually a story told with the other sister who is with uh, I believe a doctor. Oh yeah. Yes, did you mean? Yes, did yeah, you mean yeah. the the soggy wet roti that everybody hates? Yes. <laughs> yes. Rahu, the doctor. Yeah. That that all the sisters hate because he makes their sister disappear. She becomes a different person with him, and not a person that is happy. I and, I am ready. Oh, I'm ready for the sequel. I'm ready for the sequel. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. No spoilers. Suffice to say, that sister does dump the doctor and is so afraid to tell the mom because he was the perfect, in quotations, husband, but he made her disappear. And so her sisters were so happy when they found out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, this is a little bit into the family dynamics. Uh, I highly recommend you reading this book. Unfortunately, we can't go into it super in-depth, but it is so fascinating to read, and I love her sisters as characters. They were very well-written, um, and it is always fascinating to see which child decides to, you know, go along with the golden child, do everything the parents ask of, which child embraces the scapegoat role of just being the fuck-up constantly. It is, it is very well done. It's a very good dynamic, 
Um, so Raina is coming from that background of the redeemed scapegoat oh. trying to turn her life around. And are you okay, sweetie? <laughs> Do we need a safe word? I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw muffin. hands. Say I muffin. Fully- for the episode muffin 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 no i fully like throw hands about that every single time and yeah yeah we can talk about that if you ever read the book and you ever want to chat about it i would love to like that is it is it's good y'all it's so messy so So something her mom says to her because of course they have this interaction she chases her out of the, the door they're talking in the parking lot and her mom says that she needs to get her crap together because she needs to find someone now while she is young and beautiful. And it just kind of hits Raina in the gut because it's like, well, but what about after? What about someone who loves me when I'm old and wrinkly? Am I am I just this? Is this all I can offer? Um, and her mom says some really hateful and harmful things. Uh, and it's this huge confrontation. And it spills over because she tells her mom what she feels about Micah and how amazing he is. And yes, he's a painter. And that's not a bad thing. It's it's not a bad career to have. We can't all be doctors and lawyers. Who's going to fix your toilet, damn it? Like, you can't. Oh, that's a whole other rant. But that's anyway. a whole other podcast, <laughs> whole other for sure. Rant. There's a lot um, of thoughts about that, for sure. But Micah overhears Raina say all these lovely things about him. And he realizes, oh, my God, she loves me and I love her, too. I have to call this off. And in the worst timing ever, as soon as she comes in from this fight, he goes, we can't do this. You deserve someone better. Hallmark timing. Yeah. 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 Clown (laughs) shit behavior. Correct. I will say he does get called out on his bullshit, yeah. which I do appreciate um, because he says that he he calls her essentially a step in his recovery. And that is called out. And she she realizes she deserves to be the end goal and not the step into getting back to normal, whatever normal is. And Micah realizes that he can't go back to the way he was before. And Raina really did make him happy with who he is now. But he realizes he does need to go to fucking therapy. Um. <laughs> so there's, there's a scene that I love, okay? Is, is probably my favorite scene in this whole fucking book. Um, this whole fucking book, you say? Yeah, this whole fucking book. It is indeed book. a fucking book. <laughs> Y'all, we don't have time to cover all the amazing sex scenes in this book. Like, we're just telling you the story, really. But like, there's, but there's some so many good sex scenes. Oh, we gotta yeah. talk about we gotta talk about the one that made me like feel fear, real fear. We do. Oh, do you before, want to talk before about I before I before I go into the sisters yeah, night you, in, you you got tell a page us the scene. For Hold on, I need to hear this. The one where okay, it starts off really great. It's the one where he's like, you know, chasing her around the house. It's after the oh yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah, they have, they have the fight. So they have a fight um, because they go out to dinner and they realize he's like, oh, she has these expectations of this. And it goes, he like behaves very poorly, like makes her feel really and bad. And this is before the big fight. This the, is just a little fight. Yeah, this is a little, little fight. Well, comparatively, but it's like their little big fight yeah. beforehand. Little big planet. Um, sorry, <laughs> I had to. Um, but their little big fight. 
And they go home and they apologize, they make up. But she's like, you know, they're running around the house um, and she hides in his bedroom. And he like comes in, tells her to bend over, like binds her hands behind her back. And he keeps talking about how he wants to paint her in all these beautiful colors. And I was like, okay, that, that, all right. I can see why that's a thing. He. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see, I see now. He goes and he gets a paintbrush and paints all over her bits. And I fully was like, no, absolutely not. Under negotiated kink, bingo, like ding, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner, under negotiated kink, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, is that paintbrush clean? Is there the bristles? Oh, I know. Like, is that a, what kind of, is it new? Has it been sterilized? Like, is this Oh my God. And Andy's giggling to herself. The artist in this call is just laughing. I, like, listen, I understand, like, the texture of feathers, right? And, like, that's a hard thing to sanitize and, like, you have to be very careful and whatnot, especially because, like, like, underpants, no-no areas are extremely, like, they're a whole ecosystem in themselves, right? There's a biome, like, you have to be very careful. Yeast infections are so real. I was like, oh, my God. Like, first of all, like, is that the same texture? Is it, like, super bristly? Like, ow? Ow? First of all, ow? Second of all, oh, just the lack of. It was going so well until it didn't. And I was like, I am fully out of this. I cannot. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, no. I think Andy has something to say. Okay. So give me just a second. I think what you're picturing is something like this. That's, that's a very rough brush. Exactly okay. what I was picturing. So for folks who this... cannot see this, it is like a wide paintbrush with like very like thick bristles. Like it has like that very like almost hay-like texture of a broom. Um, yeah. yeah. And Andy is currently pulling out all different kinds of brushes to like make a point. Uh, yes. Listen, alt text is super important. Accessibility. We got to describe the things. <laughs> yes. Ignore how, describe the thing. Ignore how dirty this brush is. And oh, oh it's a which dirty is proving brush. my which is which is proving my point. Yeah. Two kinds of people. Psyche went immediately <laughs> for the the innuendo, and I was like, <laughs> you are proving my point. My point that this is not Ch- sexy. Chances are, it was. I'm going to assume it was a clean brush, uh, but. It, he was probably using something a lot more like this that's a lot softer because this is <gasps> not the norm for like painting. <sighs> this is, and this isn't even a good example. Um, uh, give me just a second. I will. Oh, here. The other brush that Andy had was much smaller and finer. Yeah. So this is like a fan oh a fan brush. brush. Oh, a fan brush would make like a like a makeup brush would make yeah, yeah. the kinkiest that's... of brushes. <laughs> this. <laughs> This kind of texture brush was more what I was picturing. The, like, the scintillating, the clitoris, not scratching the fuck out of it. Because this hurts your skin. Oh, oh. After a minute. You know what I mean? Like, this is actually pretty soft because I beat the shit out of it. But, like, yes. I I pictured something a lot more like this, Mm. but I can understand where this would come to people's brains. See, and I had the worry that there was going to be some insertion occurring during that scene. I was like, uh-oh. Yep. yep. Knock, We're knock, knock knocking on. Very, very <laughs> real fear. One fear. One fear. <laughs> it was very interestingly handled, but I did like how there was a scene also, real quick, to address where she said, paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
he was like, I've never painted a French girl. And she's yeah. like, no, it's a joke. <laughs> There's some very witty moments in this book. She's I, I highly so recommend y'all funny. read it. Oh, yeah. we should also but put yes. in we should also put in a content warning for mentions of uh a fandom made by a person I personally don't oh, yeah. care about. Yeah. Yeah. Ah yes, yes. I uh, here, let me let me say that in my content warning voice. The expectation of performative femininity, and mentions of Harry Potter written by J.K. Rowling. Turf gets shit on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we hate turfs. Yes, Mark we hate turfs. Where this was, Corinne, in your recording, so I can find it. Um, this is, uh, that was probably at around a minute 40 something. Okay. Yeah. Now 47. Yeah. Uh, 147 35 is what I, or like 147 ish is where I have it. Sorry. I'm being an, I'm being a naughty ma'am and working on my notes right now. That is all totally right. fine. Totally fine. Whenever you're ready, Corinne, I'll get into the girls night out, which I love. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Yes. All right, there, I just sent it. All right. So, uh, the big fight happens. Her mom crushes her spirit even more in the driveway, and she decides to not go to work. I would like to, I would like to say that for some of us, that's an average Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Can can we get a high five for everybody whose mother crushes their spirits in the driveway? <laughs> four out of four. Oh no! Four out of four. The whole podcast. Well, it's not my mom. It's my dad. My mom's actually okay. okay. High five for everyone whose parents uh, destroys your morale on a Tuesday in the parking lot. Listen, I'm currently going through my third cycle of disownment. All right, so <laughs> I get a little bit of your what? Oh, I have been disowned several times, and it's always very funny after the first time. Yeah, first time I got disowned uh, was because of the wedding venue I chose and how it didn't look expensive enough. There's a whole Middle Eastern side of this discussion where I don't know if you have to go through, like, if things look expensive versus if we they gotta are. Talk. Okay, we, we gotta talk. Okay. We gotta talk. We gotta talk. Fully. But it's so funny. Because uh, I am the only child, which means I am the only heir, and therefore I go between <laughs> cycles of girl. We gotta talk. Scapegoat. It's it's a fun life. Oh, it's so hard because like oh my god. Okay, we don't have time for this. I don't think I don't anyone signed up for this conversation. You <laughs> and I will fully have that. I just joke about it, and my cousins will totally get it. They'll be like, "Yeah, I was disowned too, and it was because of this stupid thing." Oh my god. I feel like in the future there is a Roxy and Sweet Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a one-off. We'll do a one-off. It's great. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a spin-off. Um, well, you just break it all oh down. Oh my god. I, I sound very toxic for saying it, but I enjoy the peace. Because <laughs> it's That's... not constant, you know. What are you doing? Are you doing this? Oh are you doing that? Oh my god. Fully? Because. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, you finish your thought and then I'll add on. I, I, um... Because I will let y'all know, no matter how much education you get, you could do better. Because I got my bachelor's, my master's, and my educational specialist degree. But I didn't get my doctorate. So as a woman in her 30s, (laughs) I do sometimes still get, why do you not have this? Why do you, why do you, (laughs) 
I so I have my master's. I have a what is called an MPS, a master's in professional studies, because the program I did for my master's did not adhere to the rigidity of a MFA. Um, which the fact that I already went to art school was like <gasps> the scandal. Um, but like I didn't even get an MFA. And so fully like my the people around me be like, oh, your bachelor's in computer science. And I'm like, I don't use that anymore. Uh, do you remember the part where I have a master's? No. Oh, we're just going to ignore that because of all of the cultural prejudice and uh, other sundry words around that. Okay, cool. I'm not here to talk about that with you i'm just gonna be really glad you didn't ask me why i'm not married and ignore the fact that you're just gonna be this rude and disrespectful uh to my face cool this is fine oh <laughs> never no matter how old you get no matter because it'll just always be, yourself, be something kids. yeah just be yourself it'll always be something just be yourself you yeah. have to like study the right things you have to do really well in school and then you have to go to college and you have to do really well in that and you have to like pick a major that will earn you money and then like get married they're not as they're not as smart as they think they are they don't know shit you can earn a lot of money in trade schools but god forbid you go into a trade they oh. have their own vision of how yeah yeah we this is the preview for the spinoff podcast <laughs> uh you've been listening to the dissection of generational trauma in immigrant children. <laughs> this message is brought to you by United Children of Immigrants in America. We're forming a union. <laughs> Why do I have to buy? learn a musical instrument if you don't want me to play music for a profession? Oh my Why god. You... Oh my god. Oh. Why do you want this me to learn piano? Brought to you in part by the Brotherhood of the Samosa. Yes. If you <laughs> don't like pianists. Oh my god. If you look down on the arts, why don't Anyway, so they have a fight, and her sisters realize she's not coming into work. Raina loves work. She goes there often, so her sisters are like, oh, what is going down? And they both unite, and they come over, and they get drunk together. It's amazing. It is some of the realest dialogue I ever read in a novel, uh, romance or otherwise. Like, just the way they lay it out, and they they unite in this shared generational trauma of even the golden child saying, you don't know like what I've been through myself, like what I've had to sacrifice to try and keep this approval. And there's a line I wrote down that I absolutely loved. Let me pull it up. Uh, I will find it somewhere. Um, I, yes, I found it. Oh, if I can bust in for just a second, I appreciated the, uh, genuine feeling of the the adult sibling camaraderie of we're both fucked up in similar ways and no one else on this earth is fucked up in the exact same way as us and no one else gets it yep sorry it was very beautifully done no no i'm glad you brought it up uh this is the line and it's not word for word but it's just paraphrased um but basically wanting to be looked at with approval and not disappointment and and craving that from a parent you have had such an unstable history with and you don't feel that unconditional love you feel that it is met with conditions and wrought with conditions in order to keep that approval um it's a very toxic cycle and that line just hit me it hit me in the gut Shot through the heart. Um, and I want to say this scene actually really got me as well. 
um, kind of for a different reason. Um, about two years ago, my sister um, disowned our entire family, essentially due to transphobia. Um, and so this scene where the sisters were coming together and they said that, you know, they'll always have each other. I like genuinely teared up and I had to take a moment because I was just reminded. And I think part of it is they were drinking tequila, which is my sister's favorite. And so I was sitting there reading this and I'm like, my heart. Um, it was so well done, though. Um, I do have to say a warning. If you have an estranged sibling, perhaps it might be a little rough reading the scene, but it was very well done. Um, it was it, it really hit hard no matter where you're coming from. I'm your sister now. Tough tits, Corinne. <laughs> We're going to go drink. We are going to go drink. You you need to move up here faster. Yeah, I'm going to move up there up north and we're going to get wasted. <laughs> we're going to get white girl wasted. Oh boy. Half white girl wasted. <laughs> we'll get biracial wasted with me, which is extra trauma. <laughs> like a little umbrella in the drink. The, my favorite thing Roxy has ever said is I'm a little gay on my mom's side. <laughs> what does that mean? So I'm bisexual. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say all the mams here. I don't, I'm, I don't know, Sweeta, but like uh, we're all bi. Gotcha. And so hers is like, I'm gay on my mom's side. It's like whenever I get a pumpkin spice latte, I tell my wife I'm observing my mom's culture. <laughs> Thank you for saying she's it. Like, she's like, you can't say that. Can't have that when it's your own culture. Right? Watch me, bitch. <laughs> Y'all, I'm telling you. But anyway, yeah, they have they have that nice sisterly moment. And if you do have issues like your family trauma, um, there's a lot of hurt surrounding siblings. Please be careful with this book because it does hit you in all the right places. It, it's not too overwhelming, I believe. It's handled very, um, very appropriately. But you'll feel things. You'll <laughs> you'll be reading some good dicking, and then oh, your heart. It, oh, it captures. You'll get dicked right in the heart. Wow. Get the episode name. <laughs> dicked right in the heart. <laughs> well, I was going between that and clown shit behavior. <laughs> Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Does not support dicking down anyone's heart. <laughs> Unless it's a clown. Oh, no. <laughs> get that clown. I see. Have, have you seen the 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 clown Baldur's Gate sex scene? No. There's so what? No. No. You can you can go to a like a a carnival and get face paint, and when you get face paint, like your companion ends up looking like a clown. And then if that happens to be the same like long rest where you would have seduced your companion, yep. you can have accidental clown sex. <laughs> that sounds like a band. Accidental clown that sex. Sounds like a, that sounds like a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like ISP. That sounds like someone's IPA. Accidental clown sex, yeah. Oh. My brother used to date a clown, so <laughs> Listen, I've been having trouble finding jobs. I very seriously considered, like, I'm like, what are all the things I could do? I could be a tattoo artist. I could go to clown school. I could uh, keep doing commissions. You know, 
I mean, I, I have to say, my brother's girl ex-girlfriend, who was a clown, lovely young woman, also a clown. Uh, Look, there's nothing, there's absolutely no, I want to be very clear, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever, there's no kink shaming. It, it, it just, it took, it takes me a little bit to sort of wrap my head around it as a concept. It's personally not for me, but if that is your cup of tea... I'll pour your tea for you. Go to town. I respect that. Go play Baldur's Gate and go to the carnival and then have the long rest where you seduce your companion and then you get clown sex. Sweetie, I can help you with that. Would you like me to try? (laughs) Honka, honka. Get back! Get back, (laughs) Sam! Leave the guests alone! Tristan is still missing. <laughs> Haven't seen him since. Nothing you can prove. <laughs> anyway, so she has a very heartwarming moment with her sisters, and they all confess to dealing with their own struggles and their own intergenerational trauma, and it's very beautiful. Yada yada yada. Yeah, that so was the piece book- I wanted to talk about of like the capturing of the 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 Indian American like first and second gen experience if that's something you're looking for like absolutely really well done in this book i got that piece of it and i felt so very seen and it was like it warmed again the black hole where my heart is supposed to go was uh like a couple of degrees warmer by this representation and that's i think one of the things that why i sought this book out it does a really great job if you ever want to understand your desi friends read this book be very prepared for all the trauma and then if they accept hugs give them a hug Um, and, and also take them to dinner, which is what I'm doing for Sweden next time I see her. Oh, Ayo. So folks, uh, it becomes very heartwarming and the characters themselves are forced to grow apart. Uh, there's this lovely scene where he realizes I'm a dumbass. I do love her. <laughs> she loves me. What the fuck am I doing? And it's storming outside. And he's had this really healing conversation with the young girl who was involved in his attack, uh, whose boyfriend attacked him. Her name is Paige. They have a very healing conversation. Um, and he's he realizes he fucked up and he runs over in a dramatic thunderstorm going on outside. It's pouring in the rain. It's very cinematic. And he's at her door and he's about to ring it. And he realizes, what am I doing? I need to go get therapy before I can talk to her. And he turns around and he walks away. And I yes. was just screaming at the top of my lungs happy because so often when I read these books, I worry that they are treating uh, the love interest or the romance as a temporary bandage for their trauma instead of actually healing separately and then having a relationship. And it actually happens. This is the first time he actually yes. goes against he stops himself in the dramatic like notebook-esque rain falling down scene turns around goes back home gets a therapy appointment god and in the meantime she stands up to her family she um starts running uh like she helps them finalize the second location starts running that business and she's really she's sad she misses him she misses that relationship but she's being her authentic self and not trying to be new reina anymore she's just being reina because that is who 
she wants to be and who she really is. Um, and, you know, her and her mom, are things aren't great still. Her mom looks at her with a lot of guilt about the things she said because Most she Most unrealistic part of I the damn thing. You beat me to the it. The fact that her guilt? mom actually feels guilt about it is unrealistic. Yeah, super unrealistic. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, the fact that the mom isn't immediately like, be better. <laughs> but... Yeah, it, but you know, I mean, I think that's the fantasy part of this romance. <laughs> High fantasy <laughs> part. Guilt. That's <laughs> magical. That's some like. <laughs> and uh, so she goes to the second location to do some more work on it, and and some time has passed. You know, like we said, they are both separately healing. Uh, and she opens the door, and there is a painting of her. There. There's this big, huge, in a new style, not like his old work, but different, not worse, different, you know? Um, and it's her. And she is, now this is the kind of part where I'm like, ooh, a grand gesture. Ugh, don't know how I feel about that. But they handle it very well in the book. Um, it's she a choice, is, though. I, the choice, though, of it being her nude body took a yeah. little bit out of it. I was like, yeah. Because, mm. like, you you later find out that her sisters helped him set this up yeah. and got him into the restaurant and helped him set up everything. Was it in the restaurant or was it in his house? So it started well, the, at the restaurant. Okay, yeah, the original got it, got it. painting is in the restaurant. And then, like, there's a note on the painting basically saying, like, hey, Come and see me okay. if you want. If if you want to continue, like if you want to talk, if you want to continue this relationship, the the door will be open and the lights will be Which on. Which is or, a you know, very whatever. cool bookend to the yeah. beginning of yeah, the book, where cool. it's if you want me to come over, leave yeah. the lights on, have the door unlocked. Um, yeah, and he does the same thing, and she comes in, goes, realizes he's probably in a studio, and goes to the studio and finds. Paintings of herself everywhere and candles and flowers. And it's very romantic and stalkerish and hilarious because she she does say you're like a stalker who doesn't have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she yeah, fully closing the up. loop. I forgot about that piece. I like missed yeah. the part where like the original painting, I for whatever reason didn't realize it was in the restaurant and thought I was like, wait, why are they, yeah. Yeah. why is she taking yeah. so it, long to travel from her house to his yeah. house? What? Yeah, it was in the restaurant before the restaurant was God. open. Like, they were getting close to opening. The second location. Uh, that's yeah. right. The second that's location, right. okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the one thing that's really kind of neat about the scene is that he had been working on a sculpture of her. And he had been wanting to wait until the sculpture was done because that was the piece he wanted to put in the restaurant for her to come and see. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't finish in time because he was rusty. But sculpture is what he used to love to do. That was what he was going to school for. And then he realized he could paint and it was easier and people would give him a lot of money for it. And so he had become like he had sacrificed his own actual artistic like love to do this thing that he was automatically better at because of capitalism, <laughs> essentially. 
And Capitalism is he, always the bad guy, friends. It's always the bad guy. And he was, so he was learning to sculpt again and he was sculpting her. And so there's this unfinished sculpture of her in the center of the room that is like shoddy and half finished and it looks bad and he has all these cuts on his hands because he's not, you know, used to sculpting. And I assume he's using like blades to do some of the sculpting. And like, I I really loved that part because like, he he was like, I'm gonna sculpt for you. Shit, I forgot how to sculpt. Here's a painting, but I tried. <laughs> so she arrives there. He confesses he cares about her. He loves her. He wants to have a relationship. And he says that her sisters actually helped him uh, set up everything. And one of the funniest freaking lines... um. Because we find out the youngest sister, who is the cook of the establishment, cooked him some food. That's <laughs> on brand. On brand. You, if you do not pass it, the home meal test, you cannot. You can't. This will never work. But it wasn't. It wasn't just any food. It was one of the spiciest. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell y'all, okay? You know, my culture. We think we can handle spice. There are two, two groups of people. That handle spice like I've never seen in my life. Uh, folks who are from Thailand, Thai spice, whole other level. Southeast Asian, Indian spice, whole other level. Like you think, we think, no, we know that those cultures beat us. Like there is no other level of spice. <laughs> By the way, I do want to say for the for the podcast, Sweeta is vamping in yes, the corner she's as agreeing. we talk about this. <laughs> like, like y'all. And then, and then Thailand randomly, like, I don't know. I, I didn't know it could be that level. I thought I, I thought I was raised in it, molded by the spice. I was a fool. <laughs> I was born in the spice. Um, <laughs> no, Thai food. Absolutely. A whole other level. I have been conquered by Thai food. It yeah, is. What the fuck? Okay. So I have to say, oddly enough, and maybe this is just because they're going easy on me because I'm a white lady. <laughs> And they see me and they're like, don't, don't give her the spicy stuff. She'll get us but on the news. She's a white woman. She'll, yeah, she'll sue us. She's a white lady. Look at her. Um, that's why I got the blue hair. It, it, it helps. Um, but um, Thai food and Indian food are two of the, um, like, ethnic kind of dishes where the spice level is better for me. I handle the spice level better than I handle like Mexican or South American spice. And I I think it's the type of spice used, like the way spice is used is better for my palate. Um because like how for instance, it builds and can numb yeah, and tingle. Yeah. And, like the building spice is better for me than like than the, the instant oh the, the instant we spice. We layer. We layer um, for days. Yeah. There is no a layering yes. spice. It's a symphony it's, it's of pain. It's better for me. I oddly enough, it's better, and it's it's one thing because like Bevan will out eat me in spice if we're talking South American food. Like immediately, he he can take much higher spice levels than I can. I'm a baby. But then I we go to a Thai restaurant or an Indian restaurant, and I'm like, sign me up. It's like being a, a long distance <laughs> runner versus a sprinter. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like I think it's just the way it affects me. It affects me different. It's more of a building spice versus like smack in the face spice. 
Um, and for whatever reason, I don't know. Like, I think someday I need to go to a restaurant with you, Sweeta, and you need to, like, convince them to give me something really spicy because I think I also do have white woman syndrome going on where they're not giving me their best. I will do you one better. Will you cook for me? I personally will not. I would not. I would not do you that disservice. I will not do you okay, that disservice. Okay. Again, another reason why I'm the Hindu patriarchy's nightmare. I don't cook. Ah, they hate you, yes. Um, my mother, however, impeccable cook. I grew up on that, Ooh. and this is why I don't pay for Indian food. I will uh-huh. I will make sure. Because your, your mom or your grandma can do better. Yeah. A thousand. Listen, yeah. why would why Indian food is already, like, quality Indian food is expensive. Yeah. You know that... If you are not paying top dollar for Indian food, it's not good. Like cheap Indian food does yeah. not exist simply from like the nature of what it takes to make Indian food. There is there is street food and that's a whole separate conversation that we will have. Oh, you want me to talk about Indian food? I will do a whole like hour rant about that, but I'll give you the the cliff's notes. Essentially, I don't pay money for Indian food, so I will make sure that you get proper good Indian food um thank you yes. yes please have your mom feed me because your mom has never fed me only you have fed me. i have fed you so, yes so that is yes your mom's never fed me and i i want to know how my spice tolerance that actually, is le- how it handles i want to know that is actually think, an intensive side quest there are only two people that my mother will cook for and we will have that conversation um <laughs> But like, they, they, oh, do I have to impress your mother for her to cook? Yes, me? you have is- to become a doctor first, and then you have to propose. <laughs> I I can't be a doctor, and right now my hair is blue. Is that a problem? <laughs> you can't have blue hair. <laughs> do I need to get a wig, sweeta? <laughs> we will, we will, we will strategize outside. This is your companion side quest. Okay, okay, the companion side quest. Do I get to romance you? I am a very difficult, like the DC romance, especially because you're already in a relationship. The DC on that romance is exceedingly high. But see, okay. Corinne hears, wait, so there is a number. There's a chance if I can roll. <laughs> yeah. Wait. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's not impossible. Are you, are you leaving hard. your partner at any point? <laughs> if you are not leaving no. your partner at any point, the DC starts at a minimum of 50. <laughs> Okay, okay. So I've got to be a level 20 character. God damn it. I have to be a halfling with halfling Luck, uh, Lucky? Roles. Lucky is a trick. Yeah, I need to be lucky. Welcome to I the am. episode where Corinne tries to convince the guests to marry her and have her mom cook for her. This is the portion of the show where we Wait, wonder, if are I we married you, I think... If I married you, I think it'd make it harder for your mom to cook for me because I don't think your mom would be happy with you marrying no, me. No, she... I'm not a doctor. Listen, okay... <laughs> There's, no, 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 no. There is, there is a timeline in which that works only if we have children. Okay. Which would need, like, we would have some very careful negotiating. There would, lo- there, there is that timeline exists somewhere in the multiverse. It is not this okay. timeline, but it is okay. in the multiverse out there somewhere. Okay. So somewhere in the multiverse, you and I are getting married, so your mom can cook. For Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, so anyway, the, the grand gesture happens. Speaking of grand gestures. And, and it happens because he was able to withstand the the food and eat it. And she was like, okay. All right. That is the test. Listen, if I'll you cannot you. survive the dinner, the dinner test is so fundamentally important. I think we, were, we got derailed because we were talking about the dinner test. The dinner test is so important. Like there's, there's the meeting of the parents, right? Like that's very traditional. That's across all cultures. Like you meet your parents. You cannot pass the dinner test. Like if we cannot put our food, which is one of the most like authentic 
pieces of ourselves. It's so core to who we are, like very seriously. If you cannot handle that, like people complain about smells and things like that. And it's just like, okay, now I know you can. Yeah, I see you. I see you, Roxy. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, it's so God. real. But like God. comedy value aside, like I really want to dig into that as like a gesture of like, we're willing to give you this opportunity to see a piece of ourselves that like in our professional day to day that we don't show. Like even I, I work in a place where I'm very lucky to be authentically myself, right? Like that's really fortunate. But for the majority of the spaces that I exist in, my daisiness has been weaponized against me. And so I've learned to hide that. So to take that chance and that opportunity is a really, really meaningful gesture. Like, yes, of course, it's top tier, high notch comedy. Like, absolutely what you deserve. Like, you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But also, like, I, I want to drive home that that is such, like, if an Indian person offers up their food and their home to you, that is not a tiny gesture. That is massive for us so like the fact that Davy cooks like Davy cooks like the intensity of making Indian food. Indian food does not happen in like that like you cannot microwave and get Indian food Indian food is hours uh, hours to get that layering of flavor and spice well, and and you taste. don't even throw the spice in I don't know if it's similar but in our culture like you put the spices in oil first and you you prepare you do yeah you do it too so it's like there's just an, a half hour to an hour of preparing the spices to go in the dish. A hundred. Let alone the cooking it takes and the time it takes. Girl. <laughs> it's yeah. just, yeah. yeah. It's not a tiny gesture. It's absolutely not a tiny gesture. The spice is petty as shit, and I respect that play. I would also make that play of, like, if you want to be her lover, you got to get with her siblings. <laughs> Wait, hold on, no, no, wait. I was, okay, earlier you wait. guys kept saying spice over, like, different spices. I'm like, the Spice Girls reboot is wild and out. <laughs> it's the Bollywood reboot. But I, I did not want to get in the way of a genuine discussion. So I'm slip it in there. Slide it in there. It is such a labor of love. You don't, like you said, it's it's a whole day thing. There are some dishes we make. Uh, there's one called Gorma Sabzi. And you make it the day before, and then you let all the flavors melt, and then you serve it the next day. <laughs> there are some dishes that are like a two-day endeavor. Oh, my God. Biryani? Like, rice? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like our rice dish. Like, there's the equivalency of rice dishes in a lot of places. Ours is biryani, which is, like, layers of meat and spice and, like, rice. And, like, I remember my mom like making it for parties and it was just this it is a labor of love the layering of rice and flavor and like cooking the meat separately and all of that like when we serve biryani and like things like that it's like part of it psyche you said that earlier of like oh it has to be like this show of like expense that is very much part of it of like this is our display of you are our guests and we will treat you like royalty and we have the means mm -hmm. to do so but also just like she does it because she cares so deeply for the people who are around us. Like, the community is so strong. To us. If you have any shot whatsoever, hey, if you're romancing, look at me. You can't look at me because we're on a podcast, but if you hear me out, if you are on a Patreon, you can look at me in the eye. Eye contact, look at me. If you are romancing a person of color, get to know their food. Get to know their food get to know what their comfort foods are and like really dig in like yeah listen I will never sneeze at a bowl of mac and cheese but like there is something about 
like the flavors of home, especially when you're far away from it for whatever reason, especially in like places where those are not very common. If you can find those things that are just so deeply nostalgic to that corner of them that they sometimes can't always show, you will have, listen, you'll have made a friend for life, which is super important, but also like that is a mass, like the approval, like the greatly approved, like not that we're big fans of like stick in coins, get sex back, that form of video game romance, <laughs> but that is, that no, is such a like... strong move. It's strong move. It's like, that is deep shit. Do that. And it's such an extra level of, being seen because I don't know if you experience this, but sometimes I would bring like lunches to school that have been made and they were they were Persian. Um and friends would look at me and be like, oh what's that? Oh what's that? And it would just be the weirdest because this is the food you love. This is the food your family made for you. And then you're being met with oh what's that? Ew, what's that? So for later on, someone who is interested in you to not only accept that this is a part of your life, but to take joy in it. Like one thing my wife did when we were dating was she found sumac, which is a dish we, uh, spice we use in a lot of dishes. Do y'all use sumac too? We but, don't um, use sumac, but I'm very familiar. But like, yeah, that idea. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely. Relatable. But like she, she found, because we were in Arkansas at the time, so I had no access hardly anything uh, and I was in college so I couldn't afford saffron um but she got me some sumac and I was just like this white ass girl from Texas <laughs> it's I, I really resonate with that because it's it's such a beautiful thing um that shows you that this isn't just a fling this is someone who wants to see you and recognize you and like you said the foods that you grew up on mold you they they impact you in a beautiful way so for someone to take part in that culture is just oh yeah oh even if he has like a background in but like adjacent like that was just oh that was the hottest forget all the beautifully rendered like sex scenes that to me is like <laughs> that was the sweetest thing yeah mm, mm, that's good that's the shit that's what we look for like oh Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Sweeta, does it change your opinion on my likelihood of, of romancing you as a side God quest? Damn it, Corinne. If I tell you my favorite Indian dish is biryani, <laughs> it is my favorite. It gets you like a plus two. Okay. It gets you a I plus just want you to know. It gets you a plus two. It is my favorite. Again, it's so I good. would like to reiterate you are in a committed relationship. I. You just gotta let them live in Delulu land. Like, let them think they yeah, have a chance. Yeah, I'm, just I'm trying. I'm trying to wrangle them. I'm trying. You're trying. You're trying. I will tell you, though, like, fully, Lay's Indian masala chips, like, that is my, oh, like, it doesn't exist in LA, unfortunately, or if it does, it is extremely expensive. Like, if you brought me that, I fully would be like, I am gonna... so jealous you're in LA because I know there's a lot of good Persian food out there. Come there's through. a bunch of us out oh there. Oh my God, come through. Come through. Let's go. I, like right next to on my desk. Like, okay. So my wife actually hates these. And there's some parts of your culture, you know, it's okay if they don't like everything. 
But she gets them for me because she knows I like them. <gasps> it's a Bali yogurt. Ooh, <laughs> what? And it's, it's a drink we have called Dulch. Um, And I, they're like my chips. I like stock them in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta it's have so your thing. Good. You gotta have your thing. Listen, everyone has their thing. For me, it's like so good. salty chips. Like we have like Indian trail mix, which we call barmaja, which is like super like, oh, mwah. Mmm, so good. The Italian ants came out. I don't know why. I'm not Prince even taking notes in the corner. Yeah, yes. Get future wife. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I see. I see, I see. This is about to be God, a negative. Italian ants came out. I totally, I, I totally did Italian. not use this as a way for like people to be like, how do I romance this person? Yes, I am in fact a romanceable NPC. This is the way to do it. So- that was what the foreplay was about. Was romanceable NPCs. Some of us are romanceable so NPCs. Anyway, so anyway, so I'm sorry, Roxy. So <laughs> the anyway, gesture works. The gesture. <laughs> the Corinne gets the sweet up in the end. <laughs> Insert coins. Get no. Okay. <laughs> Do not pass go. Do not, listen. Hey, hey. Once again, very close eye contact. Do not do that to a person. You treat them like a person, like Micah does to Raina and Raina does to Micah. It is not. Yes, trans- it's very important yes. to treat people like yes. people. Sandy. Where's the coin slot? <laughs> so they get together at the end. It's a great book. We recommend you read it. I, Andy's broken, sweetheart. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. No, oh, no, sorry. that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I, <laughs> I should have recognized Ew. that this is a sentence that would be said. I was not it's, prepared. Roxy, I don't know how you do this. I am excited. They, they meet, you know, I try. You try I so try. hard. I'd like, to, I'd like to thank the generational trauma for giving me patience. Oh! Um. <laughs> like, what have you done? I did a rendering of the painting. It's not amazing. The painting he did? This. That's right, because yeah. her hair that's covered her could, face. Yeah, so I tried. Amazing. I tried. It's, it's good. Amazing. Oh, my did you, God. Did you send it? I did. Yeah. Ooh. Ignore the sprinklies at the top. I'm in Discord. Oh, I gotta look. I gotta look. I gotta look. For those listening to the recording, Andy just painted a nude lady and shared it with us. Wow. It's, it's so much easier for me to take notes with brain pictures. I like your <laughs> brain pictures, artist. <laughs> anyway, book's over. Yeah. You so, <laughs> Oh my god, what a great color palette of like, yeah, you picked absolutely on par for like us as people you picked golds and reds you've already nailed well, it well he described he wanted to paint her in like reds and like cranberries and like gold that's that's so the colors like, of our people so. yeah so i have a request uh for us yes. in the episode i know we yes. usually tingle and fanfic um can we fanfic first because there's something i have been dying to tell y'all we for can. hours before we fanfic though we must write the book and then we can that's fanfic. true that's true i'm getting out of order i think roxy's the only one that brought a fanfic i think she is Ooh. i think we're teaching her our ways you bitches <laughs> <laughs> suck shit nerd <laughs> i can't wait to ruin your day with what i found <laughs> oh, listen as long as it's not like freaking what is it? Twist and shout from Supernatural were great. <laughs> Y'all, if you watch any Zoom recording on YouTube, please watch this one. God. <laughs> God. You could gif us. Aim. Hey, listen, if you gif us, like that would be great. Not saying you should. I'm- That's a gif right there. I made my first AO3 account just to read Twist and Shout. I'm so sorry. 
it started getting too sad, so I never finished yeah, it. Yeah, oh, 100. It Absolutely. Is. You never, I, listen, if you love yourself, you don't finish don't. Twist and Shout. Yeah, That's a whole separate <laughs> podcast. Again, I feel like I got like three You have a cultural spin-off. podcast with Roxy. You have a phantom podcast with me. And then you have like a, a, a Corinne Tries to Woo yeah. You podcast. We'll have, yeah. we'll have an RPG. We'll have a live play. Uh, wait, wait, Which we have a side quest of me trying to impress your mom. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's your companion quest. <laughs> the me trying to impress your mom podcast. Wham, bam, thank you, mom. Yeah. Uh, so I would rate this book four out of five, ma'ams. Um, because I really enjoyed it, but I felt like there were some areas it could improve. Um, like Sweeta said, sometimes at points it was not quite a caricature, but it was very I don't know. I don't know how to quite word it, like stereotypical instead of, you know, focusing on the more intricacies of things, you know. It wasn't um, stereotypical in a way that like poked fun at it and brought attention to it it was just stereotypical yeah yeah yeah. um i feel like that could have been handled better uh also i do have issues with ptsd being utilized as a trait in male romance characters ah it's just a it's just a thing that keeps popping up but i loved it i really did genuinely enjoy this book and i would recommend you read it but because I think it could have been better, four out of five. We gotta read this. We gotta read the prequel now. You know we gotta. We do. We gotta. We do. We do. We do. I will say this was also a four out of five for me. Very well written. Very funny. Um, but it it did fall into some tropes. I wish it didn't. In particular, like the under negotiated kink of things i like there were so many points of just being like okay guys can you just talk about this first can you just i understand that you you're gonna both be into it but maybe you both should know that before you both find out you are um accidentally um, so i wish there'd been some better discussions of kink because they do a lot of kinky bullshit um that they do not discuss they, it it's very much just like hey we're doing this okay Thumbs up. <laughs> Don't do not use this as an example for your day to day life. Please look yes. after yourselves. Yes. Look after your partners. Be very safe. Like talk shit out. Constantly check in with each other. Don't do what they did. They are they are clowns that are made for each other. You are not guaranteed yes. that your fellow clown is made for you. They're not going to know what's going on in your noggin. Yeah, these two characters were made for each other in the sense that they could get away with this bullshit and it was fine. Most of the time, you look in someone's window and you stalk them, it's not going to go down okay. Do not do not make this uh, a, like a way to live your life. Very much a fantasy that this is should not happen in real life, otherwise very unhealthy. However, it was a lot of fun. It, I think the characters themselves were pretty well written. Uh, the world itself was interesting. You know, you learned a lot about their families and about who they were, which in a romance novel, sometimes you really only get the fucking and not like the character growth. And we did get character growth, which I enjoyed. And I have to say, I do love a tortured artist. I uh, I do love a tortured artist, point at Andy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I do recommend it. However, under negotiated kink when when combined also with some of the stereotypicalness, which I feel like was stereotyped for maybe even white audiences, not like getting too much into the weeds of of 
things being different because you know maybe when there was an editor who was like hey we need to make this more powerful oh we gotta talk about yeah. that oh we gotta talk about that yeah. real fast yeah. i mean i know you gotta write the book <laughs> yeah. but like listen there was an article that i sent to rin before yes. we even had this podcast like recorded and i was like have you seen this and she was like yes and it's like i do want to call that out of like this is extremely like entry level and i called it out before of like we are not a monolith People from India are going to have a different experience from people who are part of the Indian diaspora. I pointed at myself. Sorry, podcast people. Um, pointing <laughs> at myself very cheekily. Um, and like, even then, all of our experiences are super different. So I'm very glad that you said that of like, here is entry level Indian person. Yeah, like, I think there was definitely some sterilization that probably occurred in the editing process that really like did kind of create that stereotypicalness maybe because it wanted to be sterilized it uh, somebody wanted to be sterilized for white audiences so that it wasn't so niche mm -hmm. and i wish it wasn't i would like it to be more niche be niche niche all over me <laughs> damn it niche me away my niche niche place. me away <laughs> stop it you nasty Oh, that was the texture of that sentence did not. Mm. Want me to say it no, again? No, I'm good. Want me to say it in a Midwestern Stop accent? Stop it! Sweetie, <laughs> what would you give this book? What would you read Ooh, it? I would say Andy should go first. I'll go last because I think I've got I've got some nuance oh. to add to it. Fair. Okay, little, okay. That will take a little bit, but Andy, you first. Uh, I'd probably give it like, I don't want to be pedantic and be like three out of like 3.8 out of, so I'll just say four. <laughs> I had trouble because I think I'm just unmedicated and I'm having trouble getting through a lot of books. Just to be completely honest, I can't make myself focus. Um, but this was a really good book. I would de I've been describing it as the movie version of Beastly, but Hallmark and sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of right. God. So if you're into that, no, Beastly is not the, that's, the, there was a CW version of Beauty and the Beast, and that's not yeah. what that is. I need to go look no. up what Beastly is. Beastly's the one with Vanessa Hudgens, and he's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be a modern Beauty and the Beast retelling, and he's supposed to be like all furry and shit, but all they did was give him like some piercings and some facial scars and a tattoo. And some tattoos. Like, that's what they did. And to he make was supposed beastly. to be horrifyingly ugly, yeah. and it was like... I'm sorry, this is just, like, a, a, a punk or goth man. This is just a man. <laughs> yeah, this is just a man with some facial augments. And a badly covered British accent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it was rough. But I genuinely found this book a lot more enjoyable than that. It was a very good book. And I, it, I like reading... Like, I do want more niche things. I like learning things. I've really enjoyed listening to, like, you guys talk about your cultures and how they differ and how they're similar. Like, I like that. Do more of that. World? Please. <laughs> I'll come back as many times as you ask me. Listen. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't scared her off yet. Listen. <laughs> white people are so boring. Please stop writing No, us. don't say that. We are, though. We're, we're pretty boring. We're pretty boring. <laughs> Is that a bad thing to say? I'm sorry if it is, but no! like everything's about us and that's so boring. I'm so tired. 
You would just like the spotlight focused on other cultures as well as, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the nice way of saying we're boring. Why people no, are boring? I stand by it. Listen, I enjoy it's- vanilla in my Sunday. You know, it's a nice space. Vanilla is also you know? very expensive. Like we we yeah. laugh about vanilla as a flavor, but vanilla comes from orchids, which is a very expensive like flower to maintain. Like what it takes to produce vanilla takes a lot. Like and vanilla beans. Like that is a baseline for a reason. You use it to enhance flavor. It is a lot like. So use white people to enhance other flavor. people. Yeah. Listen, I'm the I, results. I, appreci- I appreciate <laughs> so okay. much. You know? I appreciate so much think- you guys are being like, no, 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 not <laughs> white people aren't born. Yes, the fuck we are. And it's okay to say it. It's all right. <laughs> It's okay. There's only so many ways you can make a slaw. It sucks. Listen, <laughs> Sorry. you know, mayonnaise is good in sandwiches, all right? It's we okay. put mayonnaise on everything. I would okay. eat mayonnaise on chicken. I want to say, I actually hate mayonnaise. So. Fair. Oh, that's the first. That's the most. Oh, go ahead. So most... good. I was going to say, is that like the pick me of white people? I don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> No, the pick me of white people's. I don't like mustard. That, oh, see, I do. Yeah, like mustard, I don't though. like anything on my hot Who dog. Like mustard? Me, bitch. I'm a pick. Well, <laughs> candy. Listen, I'm just That's saying. That's it. You're out of the podcast. Oh, you don't like man. mustard. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, fa- like romance writers write about fucking other cultures and shit. We we've had it. We've had it enough. We've had enough. And I would like to speak to the publishers who are not listening to this. Yeah. Please spotlight non-white authors. Please spotlight diverse authors, authors from different backgrounds, because those authors are going to give you those novels that are about different experiences. And we want that. Yeah. We're so bored of the white ladies. (laughs) Listen, for people who are interested in learning about other people, like this is a great gateway of like, yeah, we talked about it being like entry level very sanitized but like there's a reason for that like like, oh here's a sense of curiosity i love the point you made earlier andy about like southern people and then other cultures around the world that sense of like let me feed you as my love language that's the similarities (laughs) that i think really help bind us together so if it as we like progress to that better world of like more in-depth more niche like variety in our protagonists if this is the initial step i think that we're off to a great start i loved how much you like enjoyed i love the approach of like i want to hear more about this that's what we're looking for and we can't get it if we don't have even these entry-level romances dear publishers more people of variety backgrounds please And, and also if you're a white people and you have an issue with that don't fucking listen to this podcast. <laughs> Fuck you. Go to therapy. Leave. Get out of here. You Stop are not listening. safe here. Leave. <laughs> I'll kick also, your ass. Okay. Sorry. Also, turfs. Fuck off. Fuck okay. off, turfs. All right. We'll see. <laughs> sorry. See, this is why I stay on the podcast. You know, they're they're pretty cool. You know, they're pretty great. They're pretty they, great. They make me. Die inside constantly, but in a good way. You were, listen, right. this is why we have scrolls of Revivify. <laughs> we got good hearts. 
We've got good hearts in these horrible, monstrous bodies of ours. <laughs> Listen, I'm a dumbass, but I just want to learn and I just love. All right. All we I'm, ask for. It's all we ask I'm for. I'm a dumbass, but I'm here. <laughs> you're you're dumb of ass and, and pure, of heart, but, but pure of heart. I'm dumb of ass and swollen of heart. My doctor is concerned. Oh my god. <laughs> grew three sizes that day she needs and to it go was to a, a cardiologist she needs to go to the emergency room you know I take home. it back I may leave you know I take it back, take it back. anyway sweetheart write this book wow okay yeah see I have to I have to UX design all over this what does reading mean what does a one mean oh what God. does a five UX mean UX design on me <laughs> that I can flirt with you. I'm so sorry. I was not mentally prepared. That's on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll I'll hang on, I'll rate it in. No, no, no. Don't rate it in. I just need like 5 seconds to readjust my worldview to like oh, this is a thing that's happening with me now. Great. Um yeah, there's I'm very gay. Sorry. <laughs> the straightest thing about me is my husband. <laughs> Big hugs. Big hugs. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So there's like, it's, it's fascinating to me. Cause again, I, I will tie it back to like the things that I grew up in, you know, we have this concept in Bollywood of like the magic hug, the Jaduki Jappi, which is very much like the actor and the, or like the main leads will like fall in love and then they'll lean in for like a hug. And that's how you get pregnant. And that is like having grown up with that. I'm like, this is so refreshing. We have excited. <laughs> Did we not talk about this? Oh, no. oh boy! All right. Would you, would you like to? Would you like a little? All right. Well, make, I feel like I'm back <laughs> riding the back Please of the school bus about the magical. <laughs> okay, so they're like way back, like way way back, because you know, obviously, films were very much like made by filmmakers and there was like this attitude towards sex of like oh shh, we don't talk about it which is hysterical given that india is the home of the kama sutra but like we very much don't talk about that right so the idea was is like if you fell in love and this is more like fast forward to like modern day romance where you actually depict more like romance as a feeling so previously it was very much like oh like you fall in love together and it was a sense of like the romance there was no sexuality to it so much the sexuality is very much like in just like the sensuality of like dance moves and like the the lead actress singing and dancing um because a lot of bollywood movies are musicals so this idea of like the male lead will watch the woman dance and be like oh beauty she's beauty she's grace she's gonna be my wife i did not know how to make that rhyme but we're gonna make that work uh, we'll put it in post. make it work in post, we'll work in post. She's, beauty, she's, she's beauty she's grace we're gonna bump our no-no place <laughs> but not on screen and not in any but way not but not on screen and not in any way that anyone will ever discover that sex is a thing this is like where we're that's the starting point fast forward to like the 80s and the 90s where it's like you know oh like we're getting more with the modern times because more people are consuming like Indian cinema. There's this beautiful documentary about um, one of the big producing houses in India. It's called The Romantics on Netflix. If you're looking for a recommendation to learn more about Bollywood and uh, Hindi cinema, 
But essentially what that is, is it now is like, okay, the notion of sex exists, but we're just going to hand wave it. We're going to black box it. So in order to portray that, like these two people are in love, they're just going to lean in very close and then they're going to go in for the hug. And then we cut to a musical number. You have a musical number, they go do that. And that's like the equivalent of like that old time movie where like the, the, the actor and the actress, if you've seen this, like lean in for the kiss and then you see the train driving into a tunnel very that ethos of like oh we're heavily implying that this is a thing that has happened um but we're going to cut away from it so like that existed as the ethos for a very long time in bollywood movies of like oh we're going to lean in for the hug and then the next thing you know a couple of things later the scandal of like she's pregnant i didn't know that hugs could get you pregnant is that how that works how would you even know how would you even know because like that's just how we port- then how- who are you hugging bro i mean <laughs> if, if all it takes is a hug and a musical number look if that's how that works like hey shout out to like the arrow ace people who are like that sounds great like i i support you a thousand percent <laughs> like that sounds great if you didn't have to do that and you still wanted to like have bio kids without all of that messiness like sure good for you there's people out there you that just- works for good for you you, you hug, and then you orchestrate a musical number, and then baby. 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 You're immediately, <laughs> like, three, like, in your second trimester. Um, yeah, visibly pregnant 100%. after the musical number finishes. Yeah, you finish the musical number, and then you vomit, and then the scandal of, like, oh, she's pregnant. Le gasp. And so that was the way that it was for a very long time at, in cinema. And I, I do want to put this caveat of, like, that is my personal set of experiences. I'm sure there's people who are like well versed and they're going to be like, um, actually, um, and have like, oh, there's always an um, actually, um, and they'll have a more like a great. I'm looking for the person to be like, here's the academic explanation of it. This is just like my experiences and what I've seen from Hindi cinema, but that very much was like that's how it worked. And then you fast forward to like more modern times where. Now people are like, oh, this is being, like, they're big budget films. Bollywood is very, like, very Western in a lot of ways. I think it's become more Western. And, like, now you have, like, on-screen kissing with, like, on the, on the mouth, which is, like, what? Excuse me? What? When did that start happening? Lips are meeting lips. Lips are meeting lips. That is baby making right there. I have to say something (laughs) I love about this book. And I do. Oh, God, there's so much we could talk about. There's so much. We don't Um, have enough time. (laughs) I feel like there is this unfortunate stereotype that a lot of especially Western men feel about Southeast Asian or Asian or even Middle Eastern women in general of them being demure and quiet about sex and being subservient and it's gross as hell. And Raina's just here like, I love sex and I'm loud. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. She like owns like, her body. Yeah. She like yeah. her lip her lip color. Her look, the, the popping of color and her having to deal with one of her douchebag dates talking about how he doesn't like makeup on women. But yeah, that's that's like another thing of like in cinema of like, you know not having it being very forward and now them kind of becoming more comfortable with it. It's like, yes, come on. Yes. Thousand percent. Um, come on. But you wanted me to write this book. So I will make this fast. Sorry. So like hey, we were coming hey. from, we were coming from like Bollywood and Disney. So like, it's like, Oh my God, she's like an actual fully fledged person. She gets to have this romance and we never get to have that. And yeah, for the same reasons that everyone said earlier of like, Oh, this is like 
very stereotype, very like edited down. There's a lot to look at here. I'm going to also add, I think for me, um, like for, for that edit alone, I think I'm coming down a little harsher of like a 3.5 out of five ma'ams, simply because I wanted a little bit more than much more interesting than some of the sex scenes. I know scandalous on a podcast about spicy thick, um, that for me, I think made this book feel much better. And I think also just made the sex scenes that much better. Cause like you had this negotiation or like you had this nuance of like, oh, his hair is so long and it's thick and she's pulling it out of his hair or out of like pulling yeah. the hairband out. And he was like, so respectful of it. And no one got fetishized for like who they yes. were and like where they come from. The, the ethnicity was just part of who they were and it informed their characters and their personalities. It wasn't something that made them more like sex dolls. So yeah, 3.5, maybe I'll bump that, maybe I'll bump that up to a four. Maybe I'm just being a little too harsh. Um, 3.5, four uh, out of five ma'ams. Solid rating. I, I mean, you got good points and I agree. Like I say, I was going to go 3.8. I'm like, I feel like I'm being pedantic, like doing the eight. So I, I get you though. Yeah. I think we all dinged it for the star, the one star, purely because there was there was an opportunity to really dive in deep. It's kind of like my takeaway I'm getting from everyone. And I love that. Yeah. Of like, hey, we have high expectations for our romances. We want authors to be able to meet that. And that means, again, hey, publishing houses, please allow your writers to go do that. Please allow, like, I think an example that does this really well is uh, Mindy Kaling's Never Have I Ever. Um, where her lead baby, haha, finally, wait, 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 characters named baby out there. I guess it's like very easy, uh, Indian name, which fair, that's valid, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but she's like South Indian, and we see that a lot. You know, we live in a world where like Miss Marvel from Disney, Kamala Khan, is like very loud and proud of Pakistani. And like the the way that oh, I loved Miss Marvel, it was so. Good. Oh my god, I cannot wait for the Marvels in November purely for her. I'm so psyched. Uh, give it to me, Marvel. Give it to me. I I have a lot of you know. There's not a lot of faith anymore, but for that, I will have some faith. But like, <laughs> in the mainstream, we are starting to see South Asian Desi people really be fully fledged and have those niche moments. And I think that that is a work in progress. It's better from like the days where like every Desi person had a white person name. Like how many of you are from Goa? How many of you are a Christian in a predominantly Hindu country? <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more about how this massive population. Anyway, salt for a lady. How are you all named Elizabeth? <laughs> Look. Listen, it was the 90s. Listen. <laughs> That's my middle name, so I'm like, <laughs> listen. How are you all named Elizabeth, Andy? You specifically. <laughs> listen. Yeah, but I think that there's a great opportunity, and I think it's not so much a reflection of the book as it is, I think, an and a hope for the future for novels like this to really dig into that, which is really heartwarming. And I'm so glad I got to share this book with you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Thank for, you being for being here. here. Are you Thank kidding? you for being oh, here. Gosh, anytime, anytime. We, I, I do want to say, I really love this book. Um, it was really good. We do recommend it. We wanted it to be more niche, but like, as Sweeta very succinctly put, that is a wish for the future, a hope for the future, a hope for books like this to be able to get more niche in the future. Um, and so it's not really a ding at all against this book. It's just, 
this book is what it is and it was still really good we are pinning hopes to it yes we're, we're pinning our hopes and our dreams to this book which perhaps is rude but we're rude bitches <laughs> i would say i would say it's a baseline like this is the starting point yeah. and that means yeah that, like, would you say a step <laughs> a step so what's your only if you'll be my muffin roxy I will be a cupcake. I'm more than a muffin. Corinne, I think we need to leave. I, I think they're having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right, Roxy, you have fan fiction for us. You've been very excited about it. So, so I'm more excited about the fandom I oh, pulled no. this from. And y'all are going to be so mad at me. Is this Sherlock? I wanted to bring up. Oh, okay. I wanted to bring up parallels to this throughout the entire episode, but I was like, if I bring up the parallels, they're gonna know the fan fiction and the the ending will be spoiled. I picked a fan fiction from the SpongeBob SquarePants universe because Squidward is an artist and a neighbor of SpongeBob, and he's grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> And SpongeBob's looking at his SpongeBob. I want to be very clear. I want to be a hundred. I want you to look at me so you know I'm being a hundred percent serious, hundred percent clear. It did not matter how much flirting Andy and Rin did. This is the thing that I find the most egregious, Roxy, <laughs> of the entire thing. Thank you. This is the piece that I am like. This is the hard line. This is the line in the sand. Oh, and there goes Roxy stepping right over it with her SpongeBob Squidward fan fiction. All right, Roxy, I'm going to need you to, to stay with me here. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. Give yeah. me just a second. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it well on camera. You see these gray hairs kicking in here? Did I do that? <laughs> yeah, you did some of that. Thank you. Thanks, oh, buddy. you're so welcome. Oh. I'm so proud. We all, hey, for folks on the podcast who can't see this, you can see visible signs of people losing time off of their lifespans. And we're aging rapidly. And I don't have time to waste. (laughs) (laughs) What is the fan fiction called, Roxy? (laughs) The dead inside voice. What is it? that I get to hurt them as deeply as they hurt me. <laughs> Did you have to hurt me in the process? Did you have to hurt me in the process? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You were collateral in my oh, war against them. I'm sorry. <laughs> it had to be done. The name Acceptable of the, casualties. <laughs> the name of the, uh, of the fan fiction is Ready to Fight. I thought you were going to say fuck. <laughs> I think you did that on purpose. Exactly for that one purpose. And okay. there's also another reason this reminded me of uh, Micah. Because Squidward um, God Almighty. is very jealous. And he leaves the pineapple in the middle of a storm. In the ocean. Ready to fight. My data girl. 14. There's just simultaneous facepalms right now. You don't, you don't know. You don't, the things they've put me through, this is, this is their comeuppance. This is my vengeance arc. I will say we do deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> deserve it for the Shrek episode. Sweet, I'll listen to the Shrek episode. Okay. Okay. Listen. Okay. Shrek I'll take episode that hurt all of us. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, it, it's not like we did Shrek to you. Shrek was done up to Shrek all of us. Shrek happened. 
We were bonded by blood that oh, day. Oh god, it's in an event. <laughs> Summary. Honey, these arms that once held you are ready to fight. Squidward just wants some time with SpongeBob alone. And a certain pink starfish doesn't quite understand that. It causes tension for the couple. Author's notes, please don't come at me for the pairing. I've always shipped these two, even when I was a kid. You could not murder that out of me. <laughs> I would lie to God about that. Good for you also, for being on the internet. Chapter one, once again, reminded me of this book. Oh my God. It's called Lurking Jealousy. Oh, oh my God. You're just mad because I'm right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm mad because now I have the image of SpongeBob looking out that little little porthole window in his pineapple over to Squidward's place. Masturbating stick in his furiously hand. masturbating. Yeah. But he's a squid, so all that appendage is, is another tentacle. Roxy, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Is, is tentacles a tag for this fic? Yeah. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Is that how you found it, you no, I specifically looked up Spongebob because this okay. whole time a grumpy artist just reminded me of Squidward. And I was like, I can't bring it up during the podcast. I can't bring it up. I can't because then they'll know my fan fiction. I can't. So for hours, held it back. Ah. I want to bleach my brain. I need vodka. No. I'm, I'm going to cook and eat parts of your body. There was there was talk about like I need to do things for myself. I was like, I need to do something for me that's probably not great. And Andy <laughs> You know it's so funny, Andy, you're not the first person to threaten to eat me. And you're also not the first person to point out the gray hairs on their head. My dad growing up would have the very big stereotypical Persian man mustache. And it was black and bushy, and he would get white hairs, and he'd be like, Roxanne, come here. This, this is what you did when you were 17? And you snuck out? <laughs> this guy here, he would, like, point all the, like, the, like, white hairs. Listen, the only, the only reason I do that is because my dad started graying at 30. Like, he's always had a gray spot on, like, the back of his head. Like, I say 30, probably, like, 20, Okay. And so he was like, yeah, you kids, that's the reason I got gray hairs because you motherfuckers. And I'm like... It's an intergenerational, <laughs> yeah, intercultural thing. All of, yeah. You can't see this probably, but like, there's a patch of gray starting right here. <gasps> oh, that's so pretty. Oh, you're very kind. Um, It's it's a nightmare. Gray women is hot. Listen. It's a nightmare for my Daisy mom who's very like, you're turning gray. However, are we going to get you married? You have to dye it. And I was like... <laughs> No, I'm okay with the way that I live. Thank you very much. But she's like, no, how dare you? But yeah, my father's also started graying like that. And I was just like, he went salt and pepper very early. And I was like, oh, this is my future. And he was like, <laughs> all um, right here. Am I the only one here without gray hairs? I don't have them either. Ah, uh, you and me. Well, see, it's, it's women in my family, it's like we have dark hair for a long time. And then suddenly it's white and it's all just shock white. It happens um, like overnight. So on my mom's side, um, and I'm pretty sure I have my mom's hair coloring at least. I have my dad's hair, but my mom's coloring. 
um, what happens is you don't really get gray hair in your hair. It just suddenly starts all fading. Like, it just gets, like, lighter and lighter and lighter. And then it's, like, this weird kind of, like, gray-brown color. But that doesn't happen until you're, like, 60. Like, up until then, there is no gray hair. And then suddenly you just start losing pigment. pigment. Except my mom does get gray hairs in her eyebrows, which is really funny. Because she'll, like, pluck the gray hairs from her eyebrows. <laughs> but if you look at the top of her head, there's no actual gray there. But it's just, like, the color just saps away it's huh. so strange why does your my grandmother when she oh go ahead go ahead yeah finish your oh i was gonna say my grandmother she died pretty young she still wasn't technically gray when she died like and she was in her 60s huh. like she was just like faded it just sapped away it was just like very 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 light brown now so what you're it's describing is essentially someone saw the saturation level on your hair and just <laughs> yeah and just yeah like that, a soundboard almost like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's probably what will happen to me because I still have no gray hairs. That just means it's easier for you to turn your hair blue because you don't have to bleach. Yeah. Exactly. It's just going to get easier as I get older. I'm just going to not have to dye it anymore. There you go. Or not have to bleach it anymore. I can just dye it easier. I'm going to do that stereotypical white bitch thing where it's like, I'm one-eighth Native American. But no, I have, I have, I'm, I, I don't know. I have Native American. That's why my hair is, is like, it's, as dark as it is and my cheekbones are in my eye sockets it's so that's why i'm gray yeah. early is because that's that tends to yeah yep my older brother um he's like almost completely gray right now but uh his mom was completely gray by 20 um and she is um cuban and um my brother his hair took after hers and so like now like it really exacerbated when he had kids but like you look at my brother and he's 40 and he has like this almost like like a full like gray and it's like dark in the back but it's just like the front gray like it's it's so funny and I'm like dude you're only 40. <laughs> Bless. So now we have to go and count the additional gray hairs that we have because Roxy inflicted what is it? Spongebob on us. That's at least 10d4 yeah 20d4 chunk in here yeah i i'm just gonna lose some saturation uh, the saturation's gonna go down you're gonna have to turn it gonna... blue again sooner rather than later yeah yeah because yeah, you know this this dark part here is gonna start getting lighter suddenly. i'm fully gonna um, send you my hair like hair salon bill roxy for this <laughs> fully Who lives in a pineapple under the sea <laughs> spongebob fuck boy <laughs> Anyway, Corinne, why don't you tingle us? I'm going to tingle you, okay? Wait, did, did we, do you yeah, want to read your tags? Did you want to read anything else from this horrible, horrible thing you've inflicted upon us? Oh, that's a Mother yes. Of Mother of Mother of Mother Pearl. of Pearl, you may say. Oh, no. How did, first of all, that didn't, that, that's insult to injury. That's salt on a wound. It's rude. Well, it was. Hey, kids. I really like things salty. Hang on one so second. I gotta. I, just... I gotta. Um. Um. <laughs> the DC is now sixty. What's that called? No, I'm going backwards. <laughs> I'll read you a little excerpt. <laughs> Deregulate or something. Oh. Are you disassociating? Uh, disassociate. Yeah. Hang on. Okay, you're good. Have you I'm gone going. to your mind palace? Are <laughs> you not really here? Okay, good. You'll need it to protect yourself from the drama. Jesus Christ. Chapter oh, one. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. 
Exactly. <laughs> edit that out. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, she's staying in. <laughs> Lurking jealousy. Honey, these arms that once held you are ready to fight. Squidward and SpongeBob were just hanging out at SpongeBob's place. They were cuddling on the couch watching a movie that Squidward picked. As a romance scene was playing, Squidward was humming the tune. SpongeBob noticed the way his tentacles moved. He was acting like a conductor. It made SpongeBob smile. However, in the background, a storm was going on. Even under the sea, they get storms. At one point, a big clap of thunder made SpongeBob jump. Them cheeks. Squidward. <laughs> I hate that I had Squid to say it. I hate it. Go on. I'm sorry. Continue. Squidward wrapped an arm around his boyfriend and pulled him close. Placed a kiss to the side of his head. It's all right, Sponge. I'm here. I'll protect you. Squidward said, kissing SpongeBob again. SpongeBob looked up with a smile on his face. He said, ah, thanks, Squiddy. <laughs> Go read it online at AO3. This is the monster these two have created. Hi, my name's Roxy. I didn't know you would do the voices. <laughs> I almost lost it because I looked up from reading and saw Andy's She's taping her ears off. always like this i wasn't i just i have i have a set of questions and i'm going to try to ask as calmly as possible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how fucking long have you worked on those impressions i'm gonna be honest i just decided to go with it i don't know if i've ever done a spongebob impression in my life i see have you ever thought about monetizing it for evil? It's nice. It sounds like I'm. I have thought about voice acting, and I really want to get into it. Um, for evil specifically, but for evil, yeah. <laughs> I need more yeah. tape. Oh, you might be under the sea in a pineapple, maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be tangled all right i'm gonna tingle you bitches okay tangle me i feel like this one really hits at the heart of serving pleasure Ooh. <laughs> fresno oh i'm sorry freno shakes his head you've got to take it easy man i know i know i counter i'm just i like help you know uh that's why i became a nurse in the first place that's great, it really is, Freno explains, nodding in confirmation. But you've also got to take a little time for yourself. If you're not healthy enough to help the folks you want to take care of, then what's the point? It's all about balance. Doesn't that seem kind of arrogant or something? Or self-centered, I question? Freno shakes his head. You're important and special. It's okay to think that because most of us need to be reminded sometimes. It's one thing to be self-centered, but it's something else entirely to stay healthy with a little bit of self-love. Fair enough, I reply, understanding the sentiment behind his words, but still not quite agreeing with it. Anyway, you'll be up and at it again pretty quick here, explains Freno. Besides the exhaustion, you're in great health. I nod an understanding, thankful there isn't something serious lying below the surface. 
I uh, skip a little bit, and then I head out into the hallway, but stop when I notice a swirling mass of potential activities floating about from the corner of my eye. I slowly turn to find myself face to face with the physical manifestation of my need to please everyone, who is strikingly handsome and smiling wide. Hey there, the sentient idea offers. Oh, uh, hi, I reply, reaching out to shake the energy's hand. You headed off to fill in for Freno? The shifting physical manifestation questions. I nod. Good. Awesome. Hey, I was just wondering if later tonight you'd like to watch that movie your buddy recommended to you. The one you said you'd watch and then tell him what you thought. The physical manifestation of my need to please everyone explains. I'm going to be pretty tired after this double shift, I inform him while reluctantly sifting through my options. But I suppose I could carve it into my sleep hours just a little bit. Well, it's going to be more than just a little, the physical manifestation admits. This movie is four hours long. Four hours, I blurt. It's experimental, the swirling entity explains. Then tomorrow morning, maybe you can start watching the neighbor's dog while he's on vacation. This strange mass of responsibilities continues. You know, filling up the food bowl, taking him for walks. I guess I'll have time if I don't sleep, I mumble. Great, great, the swirling mass replies. Thank you so much for taking care of all this. By the time I finish watching my movie recommendation, the sun is just beginning to rise over the horizon, filling my apartment with a warm dawn glow that would otherwise be very pleasant if it weren't for the fact that I just sat through four hours of the most boring entertainment one could possibly devise. In fact, calling it entertainment is pretty generous. Still, I've reached the other side, and while I can't go back to my friend and tell him it was the best movie I've ever seen, I can at least say that it was a unique experience. Oh shit, I suddenly blurt aloud. I need to feed the neighbor's dog. I stand up to head for the front door when suddenly I find the physical manifestation of my need to please everyone blocking me. This excerpt is from not pounded by the physical manifestation of my need to please everyone because sometimes it's okay to give back to yourself. Looking for the sexy bits? Well, this one is all about self-care and loving the things that make you happy. And I think that's sexy as hell. You can find this book on Amazon and Kindle for $2.99. I want you to know I almost lost my shit in the middle of you reading because I looked over and I saw Andy's disassociated glare. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her like sink back and started staring forward like a spotlight on like being interrogated in like a criminal minds episode or something you looked like you were taking a nap you fully were like <laughs> I my eyes checked at out point i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna ride the vibes and then about that time the physical manifestation of my need to please everyone came out and i'm just like the vibe we all I got called out the we all fully astronomical i called out every ma'am here i think yeah, uh you. and also this book <laughs> With my selection of tinglers yeah. today. You shithead. <laughs> yeah. I just deeply appreciate that you're all very affectionately like, uh, you <laughs> motherfucker affectionate. We support women's wrongs here. <laughs> so many wrongs happened in the span of just the last 20 minutes alone. Yeah, we're all about women's wrongs. Has it wrongs. only been 20 minutes? <laughs> Spongebob, yeah. yeah. He looks like that kid after a full day at Disney. <laughs> I've had it. I've Are had it you and your yet? shenanigans. What is that life for Scooby-Doo? And I would have gotten away with it if we weren't for... <laughs> meddling mams. <laughs> oh. All right. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up. So tune in next time for our Christmas episode where we'll be covering Make You Mine This Christmas by Lizzie Huxley-Jones. It's the golden rule of pretending to be someone's girlfriend. 
don't fall for their sister. After a year from hell, Half is ready to blow off steam at a Christmas party. A kind stranger, a few too many drinks, and suddenly she's kissing Christopher under the mistletoe in front of his ex-girlfriend. The next day, the news is out, and they're apparently a couple madly in love and coming to Oxley to spend the festive season with Christopher's family. But Half doesn't have a better holiday plan, and to save her new friend from embarrassment, she agrees to pretend to be Christopher's girlfriend for Christmas. It has the makings of a hilarious anecdote they'll be telling for years. Until Half meets Christopher's sister, the mysterious, magnetic, and utterly irresistible Kit. Maybe love was waiting for Half in this quiet little town all along. That's a Hallmark movie. Exactly! Who doesn't love a Hallmark movie? A fake relationship rom-com that's gay? I love it. Um, so that is our next book. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, until then, looking for hot content and even hotter vibes, check out our Patreon. You can find it linked on our Twitter and Blue Sky, WB2YMPod. You can also find us on Instagram with the same name. Plus, we have a Facebook page and Tumblr, if you're into that kind of thing. Please follow, rate, and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Tell a friend. Chase down a coworker. We've got so much love to give, and we need your help to spread it. Finally, we'd like to thank Acorns for our theme song. This has been Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am, and I hope we've left you thoroughly satisfied. Now, All together sweet, now. Wait, sweet, we say get flirty, and then we say get dirty. Okay. That's what, okay. Okay, okay, okay. 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 All together now. Okay. Get, get flirty. flirty. And stay dirty. How dare you? I'm gonna kill you. How very fucking dare you? I'll never apologize. Please at least apologize to me, the innocent bystander. We did not see that in the fine print of the consent form for this show. She sprung it on us. No, just like I want to talk to my agent.